Mr. Wicked Chick. <laughs> Welcome to the Star Wars Collector's Archive Podcast, hosted by Sky Payne, Fudd, and Steven B. Danley. Wicked is crowned the best character in Star Wars in this packed Kivecast, as Steve and Sky are joined by Ron, who takes us to see the Wicked Chick, Corey Bailey, Mr. Wicked Chick, Trent Bailey, and the Wicked Person, Todd Chamberlain, who talk about sculpts, molds, candy bowls, and more. Plus, we are joined by Mark Rusciano and Koopy to talk about hobby energy. What an episode! Yab nabaga, wampa wampa. Welcome to Kivecast 109. Steve, it's it's 109, and you might have been hoping to hear a podcast in August. I, I, I don't know why, but August is the hardest month for us. Yeah, that's like a historic trend, isn't it? Yeah, I think we've <laughs> we've missed almost all ten Augusts that we we had in the show. Yeah. I think it's because like it's the end of summer and I'm getting ready to teach or I don't know what it is. Um, but instead yeah. of doing a show, if you haven't seen it, you can go on YouTube. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, we did a virtual archive party and uh, we're going to be talking with Mark Rusciano uh, later in the show to, to talk about what that was like. Um, but that, yeah. was our, that was our content uh, for last month. But t- today's a big show, Steve. It is, man. This is a big one. <laughs> Um, as we're really getting into these Jedi characters, I think really Jedi is, is the movie that both of us love the most. It's the movie that we have the most connection to. And today we're talking about Wicked. Yeah, I was I was thinking about this. Like We're like in the heart of the Return of the Jedi batting order here. We had like Leia Poncho last month, Wicked, and uh, we're like right in the middle. It's, uh, yeah. it's, it's a big one. And I think we're going to sort of try to outdo each other with trying to say how important Wicked is. Yeah, I know. I got a feeling that might happen. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to say that Wicked is the Jar Jar of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a, a that's a f- absolutely fair statement to make. And, and I'm going to follow that up by saying Jar Jar is great. <laughs> and <laughs> I love Jar Jar, and my kids love Jar Jar, and Jar Jar is a technical achievement, Jar Jar is an acting achievement, Jar Jar is, you know, everything that, everything that is great about Jar Jar is in Wicked. Yeah, I could say all of it applies. All of it. Um, but I think I was actually going to say, before I started recording, I was going to say that he's the Yoda of Return of the Jedi. Ah. Which I think is a little bit, you know, because there by the transitive property that aligns Yoda and Jar Jar. But of course they are <laughs> analogous, right? It's like when part of what makes Lucas so great is him saying, if I um, put a guy in like a dog suit, will people think it's a, okay? And then you have Chewbacca and he's like, if I put right. a, a frog in a bog. And then it's like, if I cut that bear in half... Uh, you know, so it's it's that it's that bravery. If I made, yeah, if I doubled yeah. that frog and made him talk with long ears, um, really, he's not right. that brave, Steve. He just does just different variations of bears and frogs. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's this quote of him like with the challenge with Wicked is like, "Can I create a likable character out of a kid in a bear suit?" And that that's, that was the challenge, right? And it seems like you know we'll get into it, but I think he succeeded. Yeah, and I yeah. I, I think definitely. I think Wicked is, even though he's well-loved, I think he is really underrated. Um, I, I think he should be considered up there with Yoda. Maybe it's just that there's so many other Ewoks. But yeah. 
But there aren't other Ewoks. There's no one else has a name. No one else. You don't care about Chirpa or Low Grade. I mean, right. you care about them in the same way that, that you care about the Sand Troopers because they have like a little orange thing on their shoulder. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. But see, those those guys didn't make it on the, the theatrical poster like Wicked did. You know. Right. It's, he's he's the guy. Yeah, yeah. He's he's the guy, and he's he's the child's entry. He's like the only child in the entire original trilogy, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I I mean. I, yeah, I think that's 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 right. That's so wizard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm I'm. It's the uh, he was the sign of things to come. I think <laughs> for yeah. Star Wars, Wicked was yeah. So we we just have a lot to say about Wicked. What what else do you want to say about Wicked, Steve? Well, I mean, I I loved Wicked as a kid. I'll say that um, I remember loving the Ewoks in general, but Wicked in particular and that kind of branched out into those those crazy live action movies which someday we're gonna have to really look at those um but he's such a huge part of that and so is warwick davis um i feel like i watched those and like return of the jedi more than star wars the empire strikes back growing up which is just kind of funny to think about but so so you're yeah. saying the live action movies like the battle for endor and caravan yeah Courage. yeah yeah, I mean, it, Wicket speaks English in those. <laughs> so, Steve, like, we will talk about them someday. because Someday. Because do you know between those two movies how many of them I've seen? I'm going to say zero, right? I, I saw probably ten minutes. Like, ten minutes. <laughs> I remember it coming on TV, and it must have been, like, past my bedtime or something. And my parents had this way of, like, just trying to, you know, not have me around. And... <laughs> And like, so it must have, like, it just started, and I must have been like, this isn't Star Wars, and then I just left, and that's it. And I don't have anything bad to say about them, I don't have anything good to say yeah. about them. So maybe we should do like a, like a Sky Reacts to the Ewok movies. You know, that, that's, a, no, that's not a bad idea. Um, you know, I, I've tried to instill this new tradition in our family, because we used to watch them a lot when we were younger, um, but because they were, I didn't realize this back then, but they're, they're Thanksgiving timed that came out on thanksgiving all the time back you know when they came out originally okay and i tried to to get our family to do a an ewok movie night at the end of thanksgiving but that was just an utter disaster because everyone had <laughs> eaten so much and had so much to drink that by the time kank shows up i was the only one watching and, and like laughing <laughs> and you're saying no and the, and the show and sky talks about and ron has the has the prototype no, don't wake up, wake up. <laughs> everybody, everybody, come on. And no, so I'm gonna, we're gonna try again sometime. But yeah, I think a, a live, live watch and commentary, like direct, you know, commentary would be great with you. I think it'd be interesting. But yeah, no, so I, I was totally, uh, totally into Wicket. Um, and they, yeah, and a weird kind of tangent, tangential note. I, I found this mask that I had worn in that home movie that we talked about years back where I was like a made up Ewok character named Swinga. Uh, and I found this rotted Don Post wicket mask that I've used in that movie. And it, it just blew my mind that it still survived. Um, but yeah, I just, that was like right before it was a couple weeks ago. And I think I sent you a picture and like, Oh yeah, we got to record a wicket episode. <laughs> Why Swinga? Uh, yeah. I have no idea. That, that's just what it's my such a creepy name, Steve. It's just like, are you a swinger? Like, oh, it's see, it's more like I don't know. Maybe like I was baseball? thinking of you, like, yeah, baseball or like he likes to swing on ropes. I don't know, but 
I have no <laughs> idea, man. Just swing at the Ewok. Just I don't know. I mean, you you know my sordid history with sexual references and Ewok <laughs> names. I never talked about it on the podcast, but I think yeah, it's all in the pronunciations. Yeah, swinga, not 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 swinga, baby. <laughs> I mean, as a Bostonian, I do like you know, as a Bostonian, that's how you'd say someone is a swinger. You'd call them swinger, right? And of course, right, right. wicked is great because that's just like the word wicked. You know, like that's <laughs> like in the Boston pronunciation, not always, but sometimes wicked is pronounced with a T. Like, ah, oh, it's wicked. You know, like it's right. the, the D isn't quite there. So there is something yeah. kind of Bostonian about it. I, I also think because I just I guess I'm in a very pro Lucas mood. Um, but the fact that he gave so much screen time and so much leeway to wicked and to this little kid, like this kid actor, and you know, because it was the kid actor who came up with the tongue sticking out, and, right. and it seemed that the role kind of grew as he worked with this kid. Just mm -hmm. the fact that he just sort of like let it happen, uh, it shows a sort of intuitiveness, and maybe, you know, if we're gonna complain about the prequels, you know, maybe he just lost his intuitions a little bit, um, just in, <laughs> that, in their intervening years, you know, because, yeah, yeah. you know, like he followed, you know, Samuel Jackson to be a Jedi because he said he wanted to be, but then he didn't really let Samuel Jackson do whatever Samuel Jackson wanted to do, right? So, right, right. Like he 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 kind of scaled back on that, but yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that later because we are going to be talking about Warwick Davis. Um, yeah, later on in the show. Yeah, but it's also uh, just a, a very good toy. Like as as a, a Kenner toy, we're going to be talking later on in the show. This is a first time ever that we're planning on recording on two different days. Cause I know. We're, we're giving you a, a double episode. <laughs> Steve, I have to admit, I'm also hoping to release this in the middle of the month because the Vintage Rebellion <laughs> releases at the end of the... Like, we end up releasing on the same day. Oh, and, I know. and I don't blame them because, yeah. like, when you have no. to record a podcast every month, it sucks. <laughs> like, you just wait till like, the last day or the second to last day. And, like, I yeah. want people to listen to us and I want people to listen to them. And I'm yeah. so sick yeah. of us releasing on the same day. So I figure we'll just take a month <laughs> off. You know they did a good show last month. Let them do that, and then we'll yeah. come in half. You know, halfway through the halfway through we'll the reset. month. We'll reset. We'll reset. Yeah. And then I'm sure we'll release an episode on October 28th. But probably yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, it's funny it's, you mentioned yeah. the Boston accent. Um, but that that kind of ties into a, a behind the scenes thing a little bit. I don't know if I should go there just yet, but well, well, Steve, we don't usually do that because on your notes you said we we're going to talk about the figure, which is why I was segueing in. Oh, oh, yeah. Alright, Steve, that's, we're, that's we're behind you. So what, what do you want to say now that we're behind the Steve? <laughs> well, it, it ties into a little bit of, well, it's mainly the, the Boston accent thing that, that uh, I just love that in the original rough draft of the script, so that scene that we talked about, he Leia encounters Wicket but he's the Ewak, Ewak, E-W-A-K is the original spelling of huh. Ewak. And it changed to Ewak in the next draft. But he's described as this like strange little furry creature with huge yellow eyes. So that's kind of what we got, um, who speaks a funny language and made up of squeaks and barks. So that, so that all plays. But I just love the, when you mentioned the Wicket and the, the Boston accent, it just made me think, yeah, I wonder how... How would you say Ewok in it with a thick Boston accent? Would it be Ewak? Uh, probably. Let's see. I, see, I don't know because I, I don't like. It's weird being from a place where you don't have that accent 
because like you're familiar with the accent, but you're not an right. expert in it. Yeah. So it's it's like a weird thing. So I don't know how I would I don't know how you would say you are. Yeah, maybe, but like you, you just kind of have to soften the K a bunch, you know. So right. you, yeah, you might have the O there, but now I live in Rochester. Really. Actually, now I live in Rochester, and that is how you pronounce it. Like, like in Rochester, like they they call it a backpack. So he, you'd be an ewak. <laughs> oh, did you put your your slacks back in the backpack? Oh. <laughs> so, anyways, we're going to be talking to the Baileys, um, right, uh, and. They are great wicket collectors, and I, I, it is just there's something about the Ewok toy that is very satisfying. Like it, it, mm -hmm. it, like you sort of want to eat it. It's like one of those erasers that looks like a fruit, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, uh, it, it's just a very nice and neat sculpt, and we might even talk to somebody about the sculpt later, Steve. Maybe, maybe, hopefully, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, uh, and it's just it's just a great figure, and it's we're going to eventually be talking about the whole Ewoks line, right? I mean, in in a couple of years, yeah. we're going to run out of Star yeah. Wars figures, so I don't right. think we need to get into that now. But you you mentioned yeah. to me that this is, in your words, the most heavily marketed secondary character of all time. I I don't know if maybe that's a little bit over the top, but when I'm I'm thinking about just in terms of other kind of. Uh, odd characters like like Yoda like you mentioned um you see Yoda on a bunch of different stuff but then when it comes to Jedi I feel like Wicket becomes that new kind of face that you see on so many things um and then it all like you're saying you had the whole like subline of Wicket the Ewok and the Ewoks um so he kind of like so there's some stuff that kind of blurs the line between the movie character cartoon character the preschool thing it's so it's this huge like there's like a wicket verse you know? yeah. it's like it's, it's, it's like a nice. wicket multiverse really <laughs> there you go <laughs> i mean because it's you, like you know how in the new flash movie i don't know if you know this but like they're bringing back like michael keaton's batman and, and really yeah he's going to be in the <laughs> same movie as ben affleck's batman so the whole idea oh, is there's like yeah it's awesome i love dc <laughs> marvel still sucks by the way Everyone can just rot in hell. Those movies are garbage. I said it. Rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. But, um, yeah, so, like, they're doing this whole thing yeah. of, like, multiple universes, and it does feel like there's a wicked multiverse. Like, there's not a multiverse so, for the rest of... The, okay, maybe for the droids. You know, maybe the droids yeah. have, like, the cartoon, they have the comic right. book, they have the movies. Like, they have so many different origin stories and so many different yeah. ways of being. Um, there is a Wicket and a droids multiverse. And so I think, I, 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 I love this idea. I think we need to keep with it because we have to like imagine like a movie where the Wicket, the Ewok, the preschool, no, there's preschool Wicket, cartoon yep. Wicket, and Wicket. Like Wicket's yeah. just the movie Wicket. So we can have right, all three right. of them in the same space. But but then do you do you go time travel and you bring old Wicket from the Rise of Skywalker into oh, it too? Yeah, I don't know. No, that's <laughs> still right. movie Wicket. That's, that that's still in that same timeline. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. It, it it's it's funny that I would still I still feel that it's underrated. Maybe it's the whole I don't know. I mean, I'm really happy that the first time like I had to learn that anybody didn't love the Ewoks when I was like 20. <laughs> so that's you know, yeah. <laughs> it never that's occurred to me that there yeah. were bitter fanboys going stupid teddy bears just made the salt toys. Like 
I got to live blissfully unaware my whole life just thinking everybody loves Ewoks because Ewoks are Return of the Jedi and Return of the Jedi is unequivocally awesome. Yep, yep. <laughs> and, and yeah, and you know, today you just you just can't have that. But we just can't have that anymore. You're not allowed to 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 just have that kind of innocence, and that's just taken away. No. So, yeah. No, you're right. No. Because seriously, Ewoks are pretty, <laughs> and so is Jar Jar. <laughs> that's all another question. Um, uh, now, I, you did leave a space on your show notes for me um, for my Sky Coup. <laughs> It's always the it's the mystery that I look forward to every time. <laughs> yeah. I, I I do have one. Um, in order to fully understand it, uh, you're gonna have to know a homonym and a fair amount about old school rap music. So <laughs> okay, you know, homonym is a word that sounds like another. Uh, let's just you know what we have enough listeners who know my taste in old school rap to see if they know where I'm going with this. How could Wicked the Ewok? be drawn into a very famous song and somehow in a sky coup at the same time. So uh, this is a sky coup uh, and it's uh, partly it's about the idea that I love that Lucas really was obsessed with color and not because color theory is stupid and dumb, right? Like if you know, like red means anger and green means jealousy, that's stupid, right? But the way Lucas does, it's really smart, which is that black and white are the colors of extremes. So like, that makes sense that the green and orange, I mean, the, the green and brown of, of Endor is like a natural thing. Like, that's not color theory. That's just like a fact. And right. so I love the idea of the, of the biker scouts and just the, the stormtroopers just invading and cutting through here. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Uh, so there, there you go. So <clears throat> I will have to explain further. We'll see if you get. All right. <laughs> Probably won't. <laughs> Hear the drummer, get wicket. Small. All right, all right. I, I mean, I, I like it without knowing the whole, the whole, the whole story. So let, let's. <laughs> um. Okay. So, so for people who do know, they're like, "Oh my God, I can't believe he just made a Public Enemy reference." Um, so. <laughs> So the song is called Welcome to the Terror Dome, okay. and it's one of my favorite right. uh, songs. Um, it turns out it's uh, horribly anti-Semitic, which I didn't know growing up. So much like I didn't ah, know people okay. hated Ewoks, I didn't know that. Um, but the, the very famous song starts off with the lyrics, uh, I got so much trouble on my mind, refuse to lose. Here's your ticket. Hit the drummer, get wicked. The crew to you to push the back to black to tack to slack and jack and slap the Mac. No, I'm rather than mic it. You know, it goes on and on and on. Okay. Hanging. So I remember hearing this for the first time and just, he says, hear the drummer get wicked. But I always, <laughs> always think, hear the drummer get wicked. And so my Sky Coup is reimagining that like, like you hear the drums, the, the war drums, you know? Yeah. yeah so yeah. get wicked. You know, like this is what we have to do to go and fight this black and white that's invading our beautiful green, small warrior stand tall. So, uh, so that there beautiful. you go. Hear the drummer, comma, get wicked. And uh, <laughs> anyways, that I have to say, Steve, that amuses me about as much as I can. I, 
Yeah, no, I, I, I can, I can just sense your joy. Let's go. Uh, I, I kind of screwed things up by by bringing up the script too early. I had a, a couple other things. Um, Steve. <laughs> We're gonna go back behind the Steve again. Um, Steve sent me this beautiful outline and then just completely violated it at every turn. So, um, more to say? Have you? <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> you like you have something to say, do you? So what else do you want to say about the behind the Steve stuff, Steve? Well, so yeah, we were, we were going to talk a little bit about Warwick Davis, and, and there's some fun little tidbits about him. Um, so I guess there was like roughly 120 people that applied to be Ewoks uh, when they were casting, and, and he, he was 11 at the time, and he was... I guess they deemed him just too small at first. It just wasn't, they didn't think huh. it was going to work. Um, obviously, eventually, yeah, they, they brought him in. And um, there's a whole other story for another time that involves uh, that scene that we, we loved and talked about so much of the Lea Pancha episode. So I'll, I'll tease that. But um, one thing I really liked, and we've touched on this a little bit, is that he just represents this like positive innocence that, that Star Wars, you know, really does still embody and I, I there was this quote from mark hamill who described him as sunshine in shoes and i just <laughs> that's just like uh, it just made sense um yeah. and that his his kind of optimism on the set put you know mark hamill carison ford and carrie fisher on their best behavior uh, and it guarded against a, a creeping cynicism that was coming into play and i, I just like I, you could wow. totally see how that would happen and um yeah the creeping cynicism because i don't think i don't think warwick did his best work with harrison <laughs> because that <laughs> right, yeah. that kind of cynicism you do read that on harrison ford's face right I yeah mean, it's, no, oh, man. it's kind of yeah, a common they're... trope that he doesn't act well in return of the jedi like oh huh. right yeah it's almost <laughs> as boring as saying you don't like ewoks but i mean it is true he isn't yeah. particularly good in that movie but no. yeah and... it, there is something think, about that, yeah. Yeah, and I think Warwick even said that he's quoted somewhere as saying like Harrison wasn't acting in that scene. <laughs> like he was really actually annoyed by this this little kid grabbing him on the leg. But <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I just thought that that you know that that sunshine and in, in shoes or sunshine and Ewok fur that that made a lot of sense. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he he was I think he kind of brought a lot of joy to a, a maybe a slightly cynical production at times um yeah and and the i don't know the, the more i'm thinking about it, the more i just want to heap praise on warwick davis and the character because i mean warwick davis is just first of all a, a fairly amazing actor right i mean he's been in so many things yeah and you yeah. both always know when it's him but it mm -hmm. also doesn't take away like exactly i was, I was watching that dog awful sequel to maleficent and there's this oh, like there's this, yeah there's like some kind of troll wizard dude or something okay. like yeah. five pounds of makeup plus cgi and i just see the physicality <laughs> i'm like that's wicked zola she's like what? yeah yeah that's wicked that's warwick davis right there in that suit and they gave him nothing to do but he was still good you know yeah and yeah. and the because it should be bad to have an 11-year-old kid who loves Star Wars starring in a Star Wars movie, right? Like, right, yeah, it, right. You that told seems me like that, a dangerous, dangerous yeah. proposition. Yeah. That would be like, you know who's directing the next Star Wars trilogy? Kevin Smith. <laughs> He's just be like, oh, <laughs> no, don't. Don't give him the keys. 
Like, it really shouldn't work, but Warwick Davis, maybe it's because of the stupid tongue thing, you know, that it was his idea to together. stick the tongue yeah. out of the mouth and that made the mask alive. Or maybe yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's sort of like a cross between Kevin, uh, between Kenny Baker and Frank Oz. So, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Kenny Baker, I understand that it's stupid and that part of me... Like the same way part of me doesn't really, you know, believe in God. You know, I believe in God, but part of me doesn't. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. <laughs> in the same way, part of me believes that Kenny Baker matters inside the R2-D2 suit, and then part of me doesn't. Um, but I actually think the part of me that does believe it matters is going to win out. Because yeah. there is something to the shaking and there being something in there. Yeah. And you don't yeah. feel that way in... I don't know, Revenge of the Sith when he's flying no. down or whatever no. it is. And no. and there is that extent to which inside that costume you feel that energy. And then he's like Frank Oz in the way that he's a good actor. Like he, he knows how to his 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 walk and his motions and you know he or the head tilt, the head you know, tilt like a little dog. Yeah, all that. Yeah. He, he's able to do yeah. so much while while being so uh so impeded by the circumstances. So yeah, totally. Yes. Um, Little girl likes her brain. I definitely, I, I'm becoming a bigger and bigger fan of Warwick, as, um, you know, of Warwick and, and Wicked. Although, what yeah. do you think about Warwick, the name of the Ewok being Wicked W. Warwick? I, that's, that is odd to me. And I, I, I just, I guess I always kind of assumed that once he was cast, that was just kind of a, a little, you know, connection to him that, that that they put in there. I don't really know what, what the real answer is, but um, it is kind of interesting that that, that kind of persisted um, through most of all the merchandising, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, how much can this kid get? <laughs> like, you get to be in the movie, yeah. you get to be a star, you get to hang out with Luke Skywalker, and we're going to... Well, actually, that's his name now. Yeah, that's his <laughs> That's his name now. I'm thinking, about, I'm thinking about calling Anakin Skywalker Anakin Lloyd from here on out. <laughs> it's just not fair. Boba Fett, oh, Boba Logan. We're just oh gonna, man, I, I like this. I like this. Yeah, oh, that's part of the actors. Too. That's their new last name, <laughs> Boba Logan. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's great. Well, you know what though? Like, you're right. All this crazy stuff has happened from. But to me, he still seems like such a humble. Like he was always very humble and and not. I don't know. It just didn't seem to 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 get to him. Um, I yeah. I, I oh you know this this reminds me of that. I, I sent you that letter that he sent to George Lucas, right, asking about the toys. Yeah. Well, Did well, you see well, that? Yeah, I saw it. But why, why don't you talk about it? Okay. Well, I don't. I didn't know if you wanted to to do your best thirteen-year-old uh, Warwick Davis impression to read it, or if I should just bring some highlights. But why don't you bring some highlights? Because I I don't. Okay. <laughs> I don't think I know how to do that's a lot of layers and it's just going to sound like Bane so (laughs) that's right it doesn't usually go back to Bane it always goes to Bane but yeah uh, so you know right before the movie was coming out he sent this letter to George Lucas um, asking if he can send him the very latest figures and walkers (laughs) I just love that (laughs) and that he was you know hoping very much that there might be an Ewok or Jabba the Hutt and um, I guess Lucas got the letter and he, he went on to send him toothbrushes figures uh lunchbox pajamas and a signed poster um which i'm sure he was just totally like stoked by um but yeah if you read the letter it's just 
it, it's like he came out of that completely unchanged. He, he was he like starred as this little alien in a Star Wars movie, and he's just he's just the same kid at the end, which I thought was really refreshing. So yeah, and then and then his presence. I don't know if you've seen the show that he did with Ricky Gervais and uh, oh. and uh, Carl Pilkington. Like he's he's just very funny in that as well. And he's just I, I'm not, maybe I haven't seen that one. I, I should. It's worth watching because Ricky Gervais is kind of like hit or miss. Like when he's hit, he's amazing, right. and when he's miss, it's that yeah. show about that dude in a sweater. Um, okay, but, I don't think I've seen that one. All right, I'll check it out. Yes, although of course you know where my where my children met Ricky Gervais. No, in I, in Iceland. <laughs> like, oh my god! What 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 are you doing here? Yeah, and they met him. Um, and I just so you know, if I've seemed quiet here while you were reading that charming letter, it's because I was trying to find out the 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 name of the character Kitster in episode one. <laughs> um, shout out to Rebel Force Radio, um, but uh, the name of the actor was uh, uh, Dhruv Chanchani, and Kitster's full name is Kitster Chanchani Banai. There, there you go. So there, there wow. is more of, a, more, of a, more of a history of that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so, uh, yeah. so I think we'll, Bo- we'll end up Boba talking Logan. more. We'll end up talking about <laughs> Logan. We'll end up talking more about, uh, about Warwick Davis probably as time goes on. And maybe yeah. I'm just, I don't know. Is our nostalgia getting in the way? Are, are we... I mean, is I, I are the know, older man. Star Wars collectors going to hear this and go, you know, I don't know, Ewoks suck? <laughs> There's a good chance, but I, I don't know. I, let's let's just see where it goes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, in that case, why don't we? Because we're we're actually on time here. I'm I'm still bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, although I, I do think it is hard to find time to have the energy for this hobby. So I thought, That's, why not uh, bring yeah. on. Um, a couple up-and-comers and, and uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tail uh, Warwick Davises of their own, Mark Ruciano <laughs> and Mike, uh, Mike Coopy Cooper, and uh, <laughs> talk to them about their show. And I don't know why we're talking to them, really, but I thought we should, so let's talk to them. <laughs> Sky here in the editing bay. The full conversation with Coopy and Mark should be found on YouTube. I'm going to put that up at some point. It's kind of like an extra episode. I'm going to include most of it here, but I'm just going to kind of cut out some of the parts to get a little too extraneous. We talk about like Karate Kid. We talk about politics and it gets a little far out there. So uh, let's just get to the greatest hits of the Coopy and uh, Mark interview and then check out YouTube for the rest. We even swear and we like talk about the relationship between nostalgia and right-wing ideology. It's a party. Well, sort of. Now let's get to the real interview. So that was the funny thing was Steve and I both said we didn't know how we wanted to, what we wanted to talk to you guys about. So um, (laughs) the the discussion that we wanted to have is sort of about like, so if if you haven't been paying attention, Mark Ruciano, as I, as I said on Facebook, is so hot right now. Coopy, can you tell us why Mark Ruciano is so hot right now? Um, because he leaves a lot of text messages that I wake up to. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't know. No, I can tell you why. And that's just that's just um, accurate. Let's just let's cut to the chase here. Yes. Um, he is a Star Wars collector who knows how to do a lot of things production wise. And a lot of Star Wars collectors want to do a lot of things production wise. And Mark Ruciano, is that how you pronounce it, by the way? 
Yep. We're good friends, by the way. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. Um, Mark Ruciano is a professional. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm blowing up your spot here, Mark, but like you work for the NHL and stuff. Uh, that is accurate as well. Yes, I do. Thank you, Coop. That was nice of you to say that. I don't yeah. know. I don't. I don't even know that people in my business call me professional. <laughs> <laughs> and and so you know that so we did this sort of half episode last month. Steve and I did. And we, we wanted to do, we've been talking, if you've been listening to the show, you know we've been talking about the virtual archive party for months. Um, Steve, how had I been describing the virtual archive party? Like two months before the virtual archive party, how prepared was I? Uh, we had uttered the words. That yes. was about it. I just <laughs> Together? Were they put together? Yes, they were. Virtual they were. And archive yeah. and party in the same episode. They, they were, yeah. It, that, but it was just a string of words. That was all it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I had all these grand ideas, and then as the months of the summer went by, they just went and went and went. And the only thing that remained constant was that I told my daughter that we would auction off her artwork and give money to the local pet shelter. And I didn't really think it was going to work. We'll talk about that in a second but like i didn't really think it was going to work but that was the only real way i had any thought about the virtual archive party um, yeah and then speaking of waking up to text messages uh steve wakes up to this text message what, what did i say to you about the archive party <laughs> it was basically just f the archive party. yes that was what i said <laughs> but i did I, had to, I did comma right question mark like Right. Who wants to do it? Because we just didn't have any idea what it was going to be like. And, and this is the thing, is that this hobby in a real way depends on bright-eyed, bushy-tailed people who just want to get stuff done. But no one can do that forever. Like, the closest to that, I would actually say, is probably Ron Salvatore. I would say he's the closest for just sustained energy. Like, he's had sustained energy for spreading information about the hobby at a high level, at a high volume. And like, it took a dip in like 2008. <laughs> but beyond that, and not much of a dip, he's been at this constant level, you know? But like, you can't always be like pinging and going super, so it's cool because there's like these waves. And, and right now, like Steve and I are, you know, Steve's got his baby and you know, whatever I'm, I'm me so so like we were both just like screw it and then and then mark is all like come on guys he's like i love your i love your interpretation of like my words in an email right? yes I, I appreciate the energy and enthusiasm you're applying to to that i do i, I mean well, sincerely you guys were just so close i mean that's really what it was i think what yeah. happened was like two weeks prior after you know, your first reaction, I, you know, because again, this all started because the Georgia Alliance was like, hey, since it's that week, you know, would you want to do something? Right. And originally, I think your guys thoughts was exactly what it was, which was I, I don't have the time, the energy. And I think what happened is, is I related so well to that, that right. I, I then wanted to be like, all right, well, let me see if I can push this forward. And then you gave like one little like one little glimmer of hope. At one point, you're like, right. hey, what if we do this? And I was like, wait a second. They're, they actually <laughs> want to do something? And then all of a sudden, right. it switched back to fuck this, right? <laughs> right? right. <laughs> and that's when I was like, guys, just just go in front of the camera, man. That's it. That's all we got to do. Like, and, uh, and yeah. yeah. And I told you. And then your expectations were like, oh, we'll probably get like 10 people. Right. 
I wanted to take some time to thank the people who have that energy, you know, like in, in podcasting, you know, like, like David Quinn has been doing a lot of podcasts and he shows up and people ask him if he'd like to do something and he falls over himself saying, yes, I'll do it. And he does it and he shows up and he's motivated and he's interested. And it's like, it's, I'm, I'm like, I'm like that old, I'm like an old punk who sees the kids on the street, like spray painting. I'm just like, <laughs> I remember Koopy can relate to this. I remember having values and <laughs> morals and being cool. <laughs> and, 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 I, uh, and I just, I don't, you know, like I don't, I obviously I still have, the, you know, we're still doing the podcast. I'm not out of the hobby or anything, but, um, but I realized that that comes across. I remember when I was at that stage feeling like these other people didn't care, you know, like the, the people down in Georgia, you know, like they did an amazing, awesome thing. And I thought it was the coolest thing. I thought it was absolutely great. But what they saw was like, Hey, Scott, you want to do something? Yeah, maybe. And, and like that email was like three weeks late, you know, and I, I don't know. So I just sort of wanted to celebrate like you two are standing in for like Narayan and Tom Quinn and David Quinn and Quinn the Mighty Eskimo. Um, you're you're all like standing in for, right, Steve? Am I yeah. just blathering or am I making no, no. sense here? Oh, this, this is making a lot of sense. Um, and you're right. I mean, it's energy is, I don't know, it, it's just. Timing and, and all that too has everything to do with it. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that, that people like you guys are around um, kicking us to, to, to do something, you know, and everybody to do something. Um, I, I'll say that, uh, you know, I've always been somebody and if I've ever had conversations with people about my, my past involving the hobby, people have known that, you know, I was like a lurker on RS. It intimidated me. You know, I was an avid collector and I think it made me feel small. Uh, so I, I stayed in the background and, you know, I have a lot of regrets with that. Um, you know, cause I basically was in a parallel universe from everybody. You know, one of the things that some people say, they're like, you know, it's, it's remarkable when I meet somebody and they're like, Hey, you ever go to celebration? I'm like, I've been to seven. <laughs> You know, right. like I, I was in Denver, you know, and, but a lot of times, too, what's sad is I was by myself <laughs> right. doing all that. Right. Which I dig because I'm an I'm an only child. So I'm like kind of used to it. But um, I, I never saw it as injecting energy by any stretch. So I appreciate that uh, you guys saying that I, I just saw it as like, OK, this is my role. I would like to ask Mark Luciano, why is Koopy on the air with you right now? Why, why did we bring him along? Yeah. What am I doing here? Because <laughs> uh, of peg warmers? Yes. So t tell us about your about your show. Uh, Coop, you, who, you or me? Because honestly, I was thinking oh, I that think, they were going to ask Coopy. us this. I'm trying to remember. We haven't, how heard, we haven't heard enough from Coop. Mark, you go. From you go. No, Coop. I, I, I honestly was trying to remember today. I'm like, I guarantee you they're going to ask us how it started. Oh, and no, we don't care about how it started. Just what is it? What, oh, what, what is, is peg warmers? Why should people care? It is a – our attempt, I guess, is to have a little fun, uh, first and foremost. Uh, and also, uh, I think we both kind of get off a little bit on just, um, uh, you know, innocently and passive-aggressively mixing all different types of people and things uh, and being silly at the same time. Uh, we, we foolishly package it in, like, some production value. But um, I don't know. I feel like I've made it plenty of analogies, Coop, in terms of what it's... we do. like. I kind of feel it's like we're like the Muppets. Mess. Yeah, <laughs> and, we're no, like the it's, Muppets. It's, yeah, it's a fun, hot mess. I mean, it's it's um, roughly a game show that revolves around the hobby. It's 
I'd say it's even more niche than um, the Kivecast. I mean, in order to get the jokes, in order to play the games, you really have to pay attention (laughs) to the hobby. And, um, you know, so so much goes wrong. We we do the show live, and so much goes wrong from my camera falling over to my jokes (laughs) falling really, really flat with a thud to, um, you know... (laughs) <laughs> Yehuda chiming in uh, awkwardly, at, you know, when we ask him to. I, I I love Yehuda, but if you don't edit Yehuda, you get into some very <laughs> dicey territory. <laughs> I thought that's why it was an appropriate like voice of God to have. The one thing we do put a lot of thought into, and let's give ourselves like an ounce, you know, or of credit, Coop, is when we come up with the games and the ideas for the games. Like we really kind of do want. that's where I feel a bit of pressure, you know, in terms of people that are giving us time and coming on, you know, and we literally, we'll literally (laughs) put 10 minutes of planning into the the games. So yeah, that's it. Yeah. That sounds sounds strangely familiar. And it's it's not 10 minutes straight. It's I texted Coop for five minutes and then the next night he texted me back for three minutes. (laughs) Right. And then, so collectively it's 10 minutes each time we put the game together, but no, we do try to put some like, you know, some kind of spin on that and kind of, I think one of the, 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 the joys I get out of it is like, you know, the last F we had like Gordy on and, and Gordy Owen, if, if you all know him. And he, he was actually genuinely nervous after watching the first two episodes because he had no idea what was going to happen. Like he consistently would ask me, I'd be like, okay, so you're firm for tomorrow. He's like, yeah, can you tell me what I'm doing now? I'm like, dude, I'm not telling you until we get on there, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I can't like find the, out on the spot. Yeah, so that's the biggest compliment is, like, we try to make those things. At least, if people are giving their time, uh, you know, and people are going to watch. Like, we try to do something a little bit different uh, of Peg Warmers. Um, Peg Warmers Live, which you can see at Facebook, at Peg Warmers Live. <laughs> No, oh, but, so, um, I, I couldn't find it the first couple of times. I'm like, yeah, is this on just, the New York site? Where do I click it? I just felt like doing the cliche plug. I don't, we don't really care about plugging it. but the, the main thing that Mark's persistence paid off was that my daughter sold all of her artwork yes. for 50 bucks a piece. So she raised like over $500 for the local animal shelter. And I sent them a little message and they sent her a card that said, you know, do or do not, there is no try. Thank you for helping all these puppies. When today was her first day of school and they said, what did you do this summer? Give me three things. And the first thing she said was, I made some art and auctioned it for the animals. So like, I forever owe you for your persistence, Mark, for that. Uh, So I I I was lucky enough to get one, so. For, for the first time in a long time, Steve, yeah. let's do the lightning round with Mark Luciano. Oh, can, can we remember the question? <laughs> oh, that's part of the lightning round. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, yeah, I think Koopy's heard, you know, probably a hundred of the 109 episodes. So we, we should be able to, we should be able to hop out here. Okay. Number one is, wait, what's your favorite scene? No. What's your favorite bad line from a Star Wars movie? <laughs> Did you say but, bad, bad line? Yes. Come on, Mark, you got, you got this. Oh, you mean like horrible line? You say you're saying the word bad, yes. right? Yes. What's my favorite bad line from a Star so, Wars? So, movie? so, so mine is pilot land over there by that assembly area. <laughs> mine is um, um, oh wait, I forgot what mine is. It's <laughs> love can't save you, Padme. Only my new powers can. That's right. <laughs> and and mine is just the Emperor saying yeah, <laughs> and cheering on. It's still a great line, Steve. You're still wrong uh, on that one. I'm not wrong. Steve, I'm no. holding an emperor figure as you're saying 
Uh, I'm holding this damn aloe plant. <laughs> still. Still. All right. Uh, so what do you what do you think, Mark? Uh, how do you chew? I mean, uh, gotta can I, can I come? I gotta I gotta lightning can you round. I know lightning round. Uh, okay, one that really always kills me. It's yes. just it's just take a seat, young scout. Okay. I cannot stand that line as much as I love making fun of prequel lines. It just it, it snaps me the hell out of it. Take a seat, young Skywalker. Is that is that another mace line? Yeah, that's a mace line. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. It okay. just it, it cringes. Mace. It yeah, it is a sick, but it just snaps me out of it. It just doesn't sound Star Wars to me. Okay. Now I don't actually have a very clear read on what your collection is like, Mark. I don't actually know mm, I like, you as see, a I collector like too much. I, I like that. So. Uh, I suppose if your your fabulous downtown Manhattan loft um, should be attacked by any of the many aliens that attack New York City in, in a movie, and you had to take one item from your collection and save it, what would it be? Um, I would probably say my ESB uh, Leia 31 proof, 31 back proof. Okay. So that's so. Is Leia kind of your your thing? Yeah, I do Organa, and then um, it's funny. I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say Bausch, and this is something I wanted to bring up with you guys because of your okay. your, your episode after Carrie passed. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, I would Bausch, say or, yeah, Organa, Bausch, Micro Prepro, stuff like that. But Organa is definitely my first. Although I will say that I have uh, I have um, if any of you have have your childhood collection stuff, and it's survived. I have uh, my droids R2, 3PO, and his saber in both coins, and I think that that's kind of a remarkable that all of those elements survived since since '85. Uh, and yeah. I have a, a, and Ross Barr and the guys over at CS did a, a nice little uh, like I don't know five six years ago they did a nice little when they first got back they they did a little um, custom uh, custom case with with all of those elements and that one sits on my desk because it is childhood stuff but I still would probably grab the layer proof. That's the correct answer, because you're not attached to nostalgia. You have your nostalgia, yeah, yeah. but realistically, what's going to make you happier going forward is this thing that has other meaning to you, that isn't just tied to your happy times back when things were simpler. You're, right. you're attached to... And so, so when you talk about Leia, you call her Organa for original, for the, for the, 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 uh, the Buns Leia? Yes, I do, for, for wow. division purposes of that, because I do not collect all Leia. Right. Okay. What, Koopy, what can we do with that? Orgy? <laughs> Gana? Uh, Ooh, Gana's terrible. Uh, princes? Oh, princes? That's good. I like princes. Um, <laughs> wait, Starpuff is the name of her hair, right? Isn't that yeah. what they call it? Starpuffy? Puffy? Puffy lip? No. Organa's pretty bad itself, actually. That's that's. Gany. Uh, Ganny, yeah, Ganny. Yes, <laughs> Ganny. That's, that's, that's great it. because it, it doesn't make sense. You Mark, Mark's got a Ganny focus. You could not reverse engineer that to have it make sense. Nope, not at all. Like, I mean, I'll start sense. saying it if you want. I mean, yeah, I, didn't, I, I, I didn't know what else to call it besides Organa when I started it that way because I, I don't like getting, t especially on the Facebook era, I don't like getting tagged every time somebody posts some layup. Right. You know? Uh, do you want me? Do you well, want me to start saying Ganny? I have a Ganny focus, yes. and then just yeah, see if it sticks. Yeah. I can post it right now. Yes, absolutely. You Reverse deal or no deal? If anybody has any Ganna or Ganny, <laughs> any Gannies? Yep. Can you make a meme with impact font? Yes. Um, what is your holy grail item? The item that you're looking for the most right now? 
Uh, well, actually, and, and again, uh, I, I just got it actually. So, um, you know, and again, it's production grail. So I don't really consider like pre-production grail stuff because that's, I, I know that, you know, it's just one, you can pick anything then. Right. Uh, right. so I, I've been, yeah. So I've, uh, for, I don't know, probably like the last like six, seven years, I've been trying to get a hold of, uh, uh, a Gany Meccano uh, square 20 back, you know, uh, nice. with a sealed, sealed bubble, good bubble. Uh, and I had picked up, uh, I picked up a Takara 12 uh, Gany uh, of her uh, a couple of years ago when I planted a seed uh, with the seller, if he ever wanted to. And he came calling last month and I didn't hesitate. And it was, I had it in five days. So I, 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 I it's a, it's a good time to question because I don't know now, now that that's there from a production standpoint, I don't know. Uh, right. You know what? I, how I would answer that question? I know a lot of us don't like uh, putting, you know, a grail because I think it's relative the word, right? But I don't. Yes. I always, whenever somebody asks, I would always answer that. Mm. You yeah. ever, I'd, I'd right. like to go. I'd like to actually go back if you don't mind. You don't. Have, you yes. can keep it in whatever you want. But I will say that my first instinct when somebody says bad lines is, and I know this is not going to be a fan favorite, but I really get it for a while until he came back to do the sequel trilogy i had a bug up my my butt about uh about harrison and his you know when when like the all those docs would always come out after the fact and he would basically talk about how like you know what was that one where he's like now that star wars became successful he like rubbed his hands he's like now i can get some real work you know and right. like i always felt like his slight against it like i was like not a han guy anyway and then that kind of annoyed me so then I, I started in my head again, my own head, because I, I'm I feel like I'm I'm trained in just talking to myself. Uh, w like when he started to switch to like '80s rom-com acting, like halfway right. a little bit of Empire and then full on in Jedi. <laughs> like any one of those lines, like it, like so the one that I first thought of when you said it was like you know you should have seen her in the South Pastures. She expressed her true feelings for me. It's like, oh my god, are we, am I watching regarding Henry? Like what the hell's going on here, right? Like so that one always really bothered the crap out of me uh and and uh but yeah i i, I feel like i welcome them back in with with force awakens that you know um but um but yeah so i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna i'm gonna piss i like, piss I like that that's head. that's very good and then the last question because this is actually going way longer than i thought it would but it's cool because uh, steve has he said a hard out he's trying to sound all hollywood with me right hard out his agent told you he had a hard out I have a heart out if I eat too much cheese, Steve. All right. Um, <laughs> but anyway, um, so this is this is the most important question that we ever ask. If you were a Star Wars figure or collectible item, what would you be? Not what would you like to be, but if you actually were one, what Star Wars collectible, vintage collectible, embodies you? I'm going to say a Tauntaun. I think, I think the Tauntaun is, uh, you know, he, a Tauntaun falls in the same realm as like the Boba Fett thing, like limited screen time. But man, when you look at it, it's just something you want to have. It's nostalgic. It's cool. Uh, it's original. And, you know, I'm, I'm giving, I'll give my, I give my belly to keep people warm and, you know, and I'll get them places and stuff like that. But uh, ultimately, yeah, if I could be something, I would definitely epitomize myself as a Tauntaun. Absolutely. 100%. Well, yes, we got some oh, hard boy. outs here. So uh, thanks for talking. And, Thank you, guys. Uh, it's been great. <laughs> yes, it's been awesome. Okay. All right, Steve. So uh, that was that was talking to, to Koopy and Mark. <laughs> and uh, I, 
I'm going to put a little thing before the interview, but basically uh, we talked for like an hour and it was an awesome conversation. We talked about like, we talked about Karate Kid, we talked about politics, and we just went all over the place. Yeah, um, yeah. Because <laughs> there's sort of a Gargan-Largan atmosphere there. Like, yeah. Koopy ended up becoming like like you, and Mark ended up becoming like me, and like there's this weird... <laughs> That's a, like a weird, that's a funny yeah. way to look at it. That makes sense. Yeah. It was a weird kind of like mirror dance that we were doing. <laughs> I think it was really entertaining, but I'm yeah. not sure that our core audience would like it. Right, yeah. So what we're going to do is we're going to put that just up on YouTube, and you can hear the full unedited conversation. Uh, it gets pretty controversial at times. It I mean, does, We actually yeah. talk about, about like politics and when to talk about politics and when not to, um, and the reason that Steve and I don't talk about politics. <laughs> Of course, oh. I will be voting for for Shirley Chisholm. Um, so, anyways, that's that's what that is. But yeah. now we got to get back to the wicket because yeah. that was a little break from the wicket. Yeah, well, that, was, that was the the backstage at the Gannies. That's what I. <laughs> the <good> yes. <laughs> so uh. we uh, that that was that, and now we need to get back to wicket. And so we're going to we're going to throw on uh, we're going to throw on a couple more people here uh, to have a conversation with us. So uh, let's let's talk to Todd Chamberlain and Ron A. Salvatore. Tis a nugget from the archive. Tis a nugget. Oh my God, they're gorgeous. From the archive. All right. Well, we've had a lot of good banter before hitting record, Steve. But we are joined by uh, Ron R. A. Ron Ron Salvatore and Todd Chamberlain. Um, <laughs> I, pref- I guess you don't like being called Todd Chamberlain, so I'll just call you Todd Chamberlain. How's it going, Todd? That's going fine, fine. Good, and, and Ron, we're going to be having you on for quite a bit. You're sort of our, our guide through like the collecting world because everybody wants to talk to you and, and no one really wants to talk to us. So I'm not gonna... sure that's true. I think that everybody's probably bored of hearing me on your show, and for some reason you keep insisting i be on but i'll, I'll be on sky just just because you ask yeah well that's good and and the thing is you know this whole episode steve and i have just been i mean it's basically been like erotic fan fiction about wicked the entire episode <laughs> we are so we have never been this positive about any character ever i mean like even the chewbacca episode you know so we are just at, we were just full-on robot chubby for for wicked and <laughs> So we're talking about how to do a nugget, and so Steve found these things on the archive, and then we thought, well, we should probably talk to Todd, because Ron said that Todd has all this good stuff, and then Todd's like, yeah, I'll do it, and then he sends us this picture. Steve, how, like, what adjectives would you give to describe this picture of Wicked pre-production materials? Uh, it's uh, Wicked-tastic. I don't know. It, it's, it is, it's... It is the, the most O-man thing you've ever seen. So we're, we're going to, what we're going to do is we threw away the rest of the show notes. We were going to talk about some, I don't know, mock-up box or something, whatever. Who cares? This is like a picture, and if you're looking at the enhanced version, you'll, you know, you'll see it, or the YouTube version. It's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, like over ten insane prototypes. I don't know what they all are. Todd Chamberlain obviously does, and he is going to be putting these on the archive. When are you going to be putting these on the archive, Todd? I will have them. They will be on the archive before this episode airs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hold him to it, man. Wow. Okay. So that, that means I have to edit it quickly, so that, that, should, that way it would get out. So this is kind of an unofficial blog log pod. 
So I think what we're going to do is we're going to just sort of take it. I, what do you think, Steve? Like left to right, top to bottom? I guess that, that probably makes sense production-wise, too. I'm, I'm guessing that's why they're laid out this way. But, um, yeah, that, that works, I think. Hopefully. Yeah, it's roughly production stage uh, related, but not quite. Um, okay. Okay, so the, the, well, thing that I, the thing that I love is that it's in this, like, kind of janky box with, like, like these like styrofoam things cut out kind of rough. And so it's like, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of Wicket prototypes in this kind of like funky box. And I like it very much. And then in the top left is a completely albino looking Wicket with his, with his gut. Maybe the, the torso is a little bit darker than the legs. What is this item, Todd Chamberlain? That is the original sculpt uh, for the figure. This attire, I would say every piece in here except for two, I think, actually came from the original sculptor in one solid purchase. It's been probably 20 years ago, um, wow. really, since I bought this. But that, um, although the, so that figure in the upper, upper left-hand corner, one thing that, that this, uh, kind of demonstrates is the when it comes to sculpts is the fine line between what's more significant the the original actual hand sculpted artwork something that something that has entire that is entirely um, hand crafted piece versus something that is the the master for for the item that was actually used to create tooling and so in this case so the legs on the legs are a different color wax. Okay. The legs and arms are a different color wax than the torso because the torso had revisions that were done to it. And, I see. And, and so, like, if you look over to the the white uh, piece that is second from the right yes. on that upper side, you can see that he's got really, really heavy, uh, bushy eyebrows. That I were see. Found toned down huh. in later versions and so okay um, so that that's the scorsese variant yeah, exactly. yeah. i was trying to i was trying to think of who who can i say that uh, that's a good one we um, could also say gandalf so, but that's kind of lame so no no he, so he that's the it. primary difference so the early wicket was going to have super intense uh, uh scorsese eyebrows and instead, they toned it down. Is that is that the sort of main difference between the two? Or that is the most things? notable difference. There's some additional um, details about how the torso is done, but essentially, that, that in talking with the sculpt, I mean, I said I sat there and talked with the sculptor about you know clarify, okay, how much of this piece is actually hand handcrafted versus uh, just a cast, and right. because he essentially. Had, at some point took a cast he knew he had to make revisions so he made a, a wax cast to make the revisions in in the cast rather than doing on the original piece but all that survived in the end was this uh this wax piece that is i mean the wax here matches the final production figure okay so so then, and this is maybe where where Ron's expertise at communicating complicated toy production things to idiots like me might come in handy. So, <laughs> so I think I understand. So what you're saying is, 
there's the original wax and then he made a cast and how, so Ron how would you make a cast of the original wax what material would you use to make a cast of the original wax just make a mold of it and then um, pour wax into it but uh, Todd might have actually the mold how many different molds do you have like three uh, there's three different sets of molds yeah so one of those molds might be I don't know maybe Todd knows maybe you've looked but one of those molds might be the mold of the original wax and there might be a what, what is shown here these silicon molds are an example of what they would have done they would have laid up uh, clay around the edges of the wax and, and done a two part um, silicon mold so they can pour wax into it and make revisions on the, the piece they cast out of it but I mean you can make um, as many silicon molds as you want right I was going to say Todd Sky but I mean it's not hard right I mean you just have to you have the material and it sets up in a few hours right so I mean you could keep pounding those things out so, so I guess Steve, we've we've just blown past the the order, and we're now we're now in the bottom <laughs> row, which is good because now we're talking yeah. about these molds because that does yeah. seem to make sense. Because I feel like the public has seen less than ten Kenner vintage molds, and I'm not counting the Top Toy stuff for no reason, but like in terms of like Kenner molds, how many have the public seen, Steve? Like, how many have you seen? Not that many. I think a while back we talked about the few that came around a few years ago, right. but it's it's not. It's just a handful that I can well, remember. Back when Todd got these, I want to say there was only like I have a Rancor Keeper mold. I think that Rancor Keeper at the time that I bought this run, I believe the Rancor Keeper piece was the only thing that I knew of. Yeah. Mm. So I mean, at the time these turned up, that was the only action figure mold aside from the Rancor Keeper one that I have. And then, you know, obviously, our friend Yehuda, yeah, you know, involved in a a find of some other ones. So I mean, quite a few turned up a few years ago, and right. I think the public would have seen more, but Yehuda was going to submit them to the archive, and I asked him to write descriptions, and then he never <laughs> got around to it. <laughs> I didn't want to write the description, um, so they've been sitting in the queue for two years or whatever. But um, I mean, I mean they're awesome pieces. I'm not, they, I'm not sure they're that much to look at on an archive entry anyway. It's kind of like white, you know. Yeah, things. yeah. Molds are molds are tricky to display. The one thing I like about molds though is that when you look at them, if you stare at them, you don't know if they're convex or concave. So yeah, that right, makes it fun right. as a as a straight on picture. So then, Steve, we are seeing three molds front and back here. Mm -hmm. So like, mm -hmm. I don't get it at all. Like, <laughs> why are there three molds here? Now I, I get the sense that one of them he's saying, Steve, and I'm saying this. I'm, I'm being the stand-in for the the dummy who's listening, not the okay. dummy who's talking. So like, if I see three <laughs> molds here, and I think one of them could be made to make to fix the eyebrows then why would there be two other molds well, well like the mold on the far left here yes is the mold that was used to to create the hard copy of the torso that is sitting in it i mean that okay. the details the details on that hard copy match what's in there okay um so that's the actual mold to make the hard copy and the mold itself yeah. was made from the wax that is above it well, you'll notice, that, again, that there is actually a wax in the other... I mean, again, I've got multiple wax pieces here. Right. So 
on that far lower left, that other is an additionally is a a wax piece. Oh, that's actually in there. I thought that was the I thought that was a, a concave <laughs> image know, like, of the mold. You're talking that's about sticking out. Oh concave my god! And convex, and that is. A, <laughs> I just say, I'm looking at the picture right here and having to remind myself. Oh yeah, that's actually not. That's not the mold cavity. That is an actual piece that's sitting in there. Wow. Okay. So it's an, an additional wax piece. Okay. Wow, yeah. this is a lot. So, <laughs> so that's that mold piece, and then there's two molds next to it. Do you do we know? So one was made to make the hard copy, and then are other ones made for other purposes, or why would there be two other molds for the same figure? One is a peg leg the pirate wicket. Yeah. What's a, what's why? Well, that, and so that was based, that that's, was the process for creating the the cow. That that is all related to the process of creating the cowl. Right. They had to create. Uh, they had to create a hard copy of just, you know, the just the the right limbs, and then they sculpted the sculpt, sculpted the um, the cowl directly onto that hard copy, and then they had to make a copy of that piece um, that re resulted in that the two different peg leg. Uh, Oh, yeah, that, that cowl overlaps the both the leg and the arm, so it, the those pieces. That's have why to they're be all together. To yeah, I see. It yeah. It's wow. just it's basically just a it's just a sculpting aid. It's just something right. created to allow them to sculpt that in a way that would make sure that it actually fit correctly. I see, because it, it seems like they really messed around a lot with this figure. That they they really, right? Is this a lot? A lot of changes to see, or is it just that probably all the figures had this kind of changes? We just don't have all the all the material for it. Well, I think the, any figure that had a sculpted uh, vinyl um, accessory like that would have required that. I mean, we we see pieces for low gray and uh, for other Ewoks that um, that have similar stages, but just not all these other not all these pieces were saved together um, in one shot like that. So. Right, and then, so you got this all from one sculptor. We're hoping to maybe, uh, is this a sculptor who already has a nickname from our show, Ron? Do you know if this... Uh... I don't think so, no. No? Okay. Should we come up with a nickname, like the Wicket Master, or is this someone who's public? The Wicket Master. I don't know, man. Todd, Todd can talk about that. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what, I guess in general, I don't like to use people's names because even though I know it's not even, it's not about the source being tapped I mean the, the source is definitely sold out and doesn't have anything else but I know that they don't like getting bothered <laughs> yeah uh, just to be pumped for information so um, to me you know one of the things that um, you can see in the detailed photos that I really like about this piece is that it has there's sculpted detail on the bottom of his feet. I mean, like you can see the oh, yeah. pads. Of his feet. Right, you know? right. That's true. And yeah. I don't know. I mean, they, they, at that point, at this point in the line, I mean, they knew that kind of detail wasn't going to end up with the final production piece, and so I, I don't remember any account from him of why he necessarily did that, but it was just it was an ex, it's just an extra level of detail that I thought was pretty cool, and that was, you can see it gets carried through. I mean, the hard copy has it. The on the far upper right there, that proto molded figure, it has that still on it. But by the time it gets to the final production tool, there's that detail isn't there. And I think it was—I don't know if it's just a personal level of 
kind of craftsmanship that he wanted to put that on there. The same the same sculptor who did this did um, Prune Face, and hmm. he talked about being frustrated that uh, he put a lot of care into the detail of Prune Face's body, and then it just got covered uh, <laughs> covered up with a soft good. Uh, all right. Like, oh, man, you know, I tried to <laughs> make My this really stand out. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we can call this sculptor Padfoot. I like that. That's a that, that's a good a good detail because it really is true. When you look at the when you look at the the feet, all this detail. And I, I don't have a wicket in front of me. I, I must have lost it a long time ago. You know, my actual production piece. But that is really fun to see sculptors when they put in the detail, and it really is thanks to collectors like you and Ron who show these things off uh, to to be able to actually see these things because they would just be totally lost to us. Uh, yeah, wow, that's that's really cool. That's the detail I remember when we first found it was that it had this the detail on the feet. Mm -hmm. I always think about that when I think about the wicked sculpt. Wow. Like so I remember was, the, yeah. the other the other uh, detail that stood up to me early on, like I've got the Death Squad Commander. Sculpt and like, like, like there's actually hair underneath the ridge, at the, at the back of his, of his helmet. Wow. Like, you know, yeah. it, it carries over a little bit to the production piece, but again, it's not the kind of thing that it doesn't seem necessary. Um, and just like, but they were hearing him again because these guys are just creating. Um, again, the sculptor who made this actually overall made a kind of a, used to make a major point about you know this is just. An industrial product. I mean, like he right. tried to actually, to some extent, not get overly hung up on the idea of this being artwork. Um, that um, you know, this is just we're making we're making a product. We have to um, adhere to you know tooling specifications and make the character look all right. But um, at the end of the day, it's just it's just a product we're making. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a fun a fun kind of divide you know the 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 romantic you know, like making romantic heroes out of kenner employees is, is a fairly new thing right and it's kind of funny uh, because, i hate that yeah, yeah i was sort of trying to get ron on onto a role here <laughs> tell, tell, why do you hate it ron i mean i i like i like all those guys and did a lot of like i respect a lot of the work they did and certainly collected a lot of it but yeah i mean i just heroizing people it reminds me of um Film o tourists who constantly heroize film directors like they're you know gods beyond reproach or something. I mean, it's just most of these guys are just normal people who ended up sculpting figures for Kenner. Really, you know, but it is what it is, man. I, I get it. People are really into what they did, so they end up building up. It's not to say that they're. It's not to say they aren't craftsmen. It's not to say they aren't weren't passionate about what they did. But you know, at the end of the day, it was. For many of them, I mean, that's they're shocked when you come to talk to them about things because it's just a job. I mean, you know, imagine some early job that you had in your career and having someone come to you 20 years later and saying, "Hey, tell me about that." Yeah. Right. I think about that in my job all the time. <laughs> uh, well, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's like you know, people in 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 film production. I feel, I feel like a lot of the guys that show up to to conventions and whatnot, they're probably initially like why do you what, what what do you care about this you know random you know one day of shooting i had uh and then people just you know it's true they really they, the same kind of philosophy seems to be applied to the the kenner people it's which kind is, of an offshoot i think of the reverence people have for star wars and then for the kenner toys which comes out of the nostalgia and everything like sometimes i'll be like oh 
yeah, I don't like the Kenner toys, but you know, this particular toy was really a piece of crap. <laughs> people would be like, how can you say that? You're supposed to be a spokesman for the hobby. I was like, it's just a piece of junk. I mean, if you ask the Kenner guys themselves, they would be like, oh, that thing was junk. You know, we just talk, we just ground that thing out because we needed to sell units. But people have like, I played with that as a boy. You know, right. My grandma gave me that. You're like, yeah, and it's still a piece of junk. You know, yeah. <laughs> change the fact that it's a lousy toy. Um, I eat raw spam. You know, I would eat raw spam sandwiches. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't make it fine food. I enjoyed it. I mean, listen, <laughs> you're talking to the guy who has like every single Kenner toy, right? So it's like, all right. right, I went out of my way to buy all these things, but it's like, still, there's some of them are, are junky. <laughs> what to tell you? It's not, they're not all great toys. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. But, but anyways, anyways, it, gets, yeah. it gets into the problematic area too where people collectors start looking for definitive reasons why something was done a certain way yeah, right? yeah. they get really kind of philosophical about well why did they make this revision between you know the 12A back and the 12B it's like you know there, there probably was a really solid reason for some things but the other things were just no one's going to remember <laughs> the you know, it wasn't right. a big philosophical decision at the time. Yeah, it saved half a cent in people... three seconds of production time, so someone <laughs> made the change and forgot about it immediately afterwards. Uh, so, it, I get people to like... write me and they'll say, "Can you, can you find a Kenner person who can explain why this was done?" And you know, I just like, well, <laughs> you, you should just, you just send not. them, send I mean, them probably, to me. You're not going to find someone who's going to remember that level. I mean, maybe. But, send send them to me. Tell me, to, you know, ask the question to me. I'll come up with some kind of like fancy art history, like whole long explanation. Think, well, really, the reason was this, and then you know they'll be happy. We'll be happy. Oh wow, See, we're, we're not getting <laughs> yeah, very most, far in, in all these. Most all of these the Kenner people here. too. Like <laughs> I mean, most of these guys who worked on this stuff are super unpretentious and like saw themselves as. Oh yeah. I was just a guy who lucked out and worked at a toy company, did Star Wars, you know, and did my best and you know and you know I guess some of them have managed to parlay it into speaking engagements and stuff and you know more power to you but I, I it's just you know it, personally I think it's more respectful to see it in context as you know normal guys working on a job to get the job done and to sort of idolize but you know I, I get it too that they worked on these lines that are like iconic so it, it, it gives them a certain status which totally makes sense so i understand that aspect of it too so right. i guess i see both sides okay so then if if we go back and and do, do we all agree that padfoot is a perfectly adequate name for this sculpture then sure okay so because we've never named a sculpture on the show i don't think ever i mean primarily because i, I live in constant fear of christian gullius but um... like i said i just don't i mean i'm not gonna Plus, the guy who, who sold this to Todd was still working there at the time. Like, I, right. I mean, I don't think he probably gives a crap at this t at this point. But I'm not gonna. I mean, I don't. It's just not really something that is worth talking about without his consent, and no one's gonna call him and ask, right? So, right. so, so, do do you have any fun stories or memories of actually buying all of these uh, at once from from Padfoot? Well, I mean, I'd say, I mean, so. This was definitely an example of somebody that we had to meet with multiple times before they were willing to sell things. And in okay. part, as Ron said, he was working at the company still. And so it was, even though, I mean, all these were, all of the 
wax sculpts pretty much that were saved were saved for the same reason that when Kenner was moving buildings, they decided to the company made a an administrative decision. We don't care to spend time and money uh, archiving these for the long term. And so, whereas they had been saved for uh, I don't know when Ron when, when things moved, but early '90s I think that uh, yeah. So these guys just decided to these guys truly saved stuff from the trash. I mean, right. these were things that would have gotten thrown away. I mean, they, and at the time they did, they didn't work saving them because of any great uh, kind of value perception, but they did they did appreciate their own craftsmanship and uh, the craftsmanship of their peers. I mean, that uh, because they just, sometimes they kept things. I mean, this happened to be a piece that he saved because he worked on it, but he saved other pieces that he didn't work on just because he thought the people who did it had done nice work and they thought it was something that was interesting. But over time, Kenner slash Hasbro uh, became concerned with the idea of new new pieces walking out the door. And so even the, uh, the I don't know, they just didn't want to have any shadow cast on them of like, are you taking stuff home today? Or is this stuff that was taken home, you know? You know, at the time that, that most of the vintage pieces went out the door, company policy was really pretty much we're done. again it's an industrial product and we're done with it and there's a certain amount of archiving that's done for legal purposes and maybe for um thinking that they might go back and retool something you know in the future but again it was not um we're trying to save history for posterity and and there there's no like shady loft involved ron no no particular uh, like chili incident or something that that might spice this up, or is it just kind of a standard meet someone and call them and ask them and see them a bunch of times and then eventually get it from them. Um. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, the first time we visited him, he may have shown us a few things. He was pretty reserved. Oh, he showed up. He showed us a bunch of stuff, but we yeah. were. Yeah. It was like the la- it was the last visit of our entire weekend. Like we've yeah, we were been doing things all weekend. Yeah, and it was like we, we were just got to see a bunch of stuff, and it was clear nothing was for sale. Okay. Yeah, we were psyched to meet him. I remember because he had a pretty significant position in the company at the time, and I was like, "Oh man, he still works there." And uh, and yeah, he showed us a bunch of stuff, but he was very reserved. He, I remember he told us a story about um, having auditioned in a sense for for the sculpting department, and he didn't have that much background, but he could you know he was he could work out stuff you know kind of naturally, and he sculpted a micro figure as like a test um and he got hired off of that <laughs> it's a kind of interesting story a micro four up in clay you know and he's just kind of winged it and i guess whoever maybe it was rudy vap at the time who might have been the head Probably. of something hired him um based on that and that was a pretty good story but and, and we went back a few times it was the second time we actually bought stuff todd i can't i, I think, remember i remember being a surprise I think you may have been able to buy stuff. some things on the second visit I, mean, I think of the the coin sculpt. Coin Most of the stuff. coin sculpts came from him. I think the coin pieces we bought earlier, because again, they were things he had yeah. like attachment to the coins. Yeah, so he had the coins big... were actually purchased before a bunch of any figurine pieces. Yeah, he had big Tupperware containers full of plaster coin sculpts, <laughs> pulling <laughs> these things out. And he was like, "Yeah, I saw someone, you know, throwing them away, and they were just knocking them on a dumpster and breaking them." And <laughs> he's like, "I just felt bad, so I saved them." Uh, and he glued back together the Leia because I still have the original Leia, and it's, it was in two pieces, and he glued it back together. 
Um, well, so it was actually yeah, like slammed against a, a dumpster to break it on purpose, just to like throw on the it away. corner and chucking them in the dumpster. Yeah, you know, like fifteen-year-old boys, you know, <laughs> breaking stuff up. It's fun to right. do. Right. Boom. <laughs> and he had a bunch of figure stuff. Like, I know he had the Gargan skull. Like he had all the whole Gargan skulls. I don't think we bought it until maybe the third time we were there. Third or fourth. Although time. I think the Gargan was maybe sealed the same day as this. Yeah, I think, yeah, you might be right. I mean, we bought the figure stuff later on, but and it, as he got more comfortable selling stuff to us, it just was like, oh, we were going there expecting to buy, and he was like, yeah, you guys can buy the stuff, you know, and, you know, just, I think he trusted us to not blab about it, and, you know, ended up wow. buying most of his stuff. So so then this one picture, Todd, this was like, this was your haul, like, for, for the same guy, basically the same time. Um, that's, that's... Also, yeah, all that Rancor Keeper stuff I have was the same same deal. Like most of it all came from him. Like he had saved all those little stages and stuff. Like you, you know the Rancor Keeper run I have, right? right? Of course. We are waiting to interview you about that run. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the same. The only thing the same in this picture, the only thing in this picture that did not come with the purchase was the um, the hand painted proto mold in the upper right corner yeah and and is that is it something todd where you're constantly hoping to find more things for it like spear pieces or something or or I mean, he doesn't want to pay for them yeah and the price is I, well actually I, that's one of the things that you know to, to me i definitely appreciate this as a i like a good production run and i and this was to me a really cool one uh to get but on the other hand in terms of my own collecting taste tend to be kind of esoteric and I would rather I go for variety all the times more than just it's like well I've had people try to pitch me on a, you know here's this or this and it's like, here's a photo here's the photo sample like, well, I don't know it's not very interesting you know relative right. to the price that it's being offered for too it's like well sure if it's yeah I have sample, that too like the card I, back you know and it's two hundred dollars okay well that's but yeah. I have all that ranker keeper stuff right and people will be like here's this Ranker keeper item that you absolutely need, and I only want seventy five thousand dollars for it. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm good. <laughs> I don't need another thing. I guess. That, I, I just, I wish you would just give in, Ron, and just admit that you're a Rancor focus collector. I, I want you to start oh. a Facebook group for Rancor collector. That's my figure, know. man. I'm gonna change. It's gonna my, my new handle. I'm gonna. Go I want you to get tattooed at the belly. next celebration. Let Brock design it for you. Uh, you know. Like and some then every time someone pun. gets gets a rancor keeper item, I'm gonna send them an email and be like, "But I'm the rancor keeper guy. You need to trade this to me." Uh, and and I guess I mean you know it'd probably be too much to discuss every single thing here. And also, I mean we don't want to spoil Todd's whole article because Todd is going to be writing this insane magnum wicket opus. The great wicketing is going to be coming. But the thing that Steve wanted to know about is in the very right hand corner. There's this this one little torso, it's completely white, it's got its own little cutout. What is that weird little thing? That is made out of silicon, and I believe weird. that the, he said that he was made basically just to, at one point to um, like fill up the mold cavity. Uh, oh, okay. Keep it, um, keep its integrity or something? Yeah. Ah, interesting. But that, I, uh, it, is a silicon, it actually is a silicon rubber piece. Okay. Hey, hey, Todd. 
I don't know if you saw that Steve in the Facebook message sent a, a picture. Of archive talking about the hand painted piece. Yeah. yeah, it's in a yeah. photo. Yeah, yeah, there's there, there's yeah. A, a photo in Tim Eckholt's collection, and we'll put a picture up of it on the enhanced and all that on YouTube. It's, and it's it has, a photograph of the 77 back characters all together, right? Yes, yeah. And it has this Wicket who's got you know super bright ears, and he looks. He looks a little bit just kind of bleh. He doesn't look particularly cute. And, yeah. It almost seems like they went back and made it cuter, which would sort of make sense that someone at Lucasfilm or something said it had to look cuter. Because the one in this picture has like a that, big, ugly chin. Yeah, that seems right. So, I mean, I, I would guess that some of the revisions probably had to do with Lucasfilm having a lot of concern that Wicket be presented correctly because he was a big marketing piece, you know. Um, but that early, if you look at that archive entry, you can see what I would imagine is an earlier Wicked sculpt that looks even that Todd's sculpt probably looked like that and was revised or something. And the good thing about hard copies is that they sometimes you find them and they preserve like a, an early iteration like that where it's like oh right, you got a different style to it and it's like well that that was made off a mold taken from the sculpt at a time when it look different you know and then they went back and worked on it more and that that old version was lost yeah yeah wow well this is this is great i, I know that uh I, I think we we need to talk to people who probably are who probably will be looking forward to this uh this archive entry more than anything i'm going to be talking to to trent and corey about their their wicked focus and and reasonable collectors, Steve, like you and I, who believe in, in focus collecting and that we deserve <laughs> items because we collect it. And Ron deserves every Rancor Keeper. Uh, Even the ones he don't doesn't Don't tell want. me every Rancor Keeper piece. I'm going to email you and guilt you and whine about it because I'm the Just... Rancor Keeper guy. <laughs> yeah, you have to be crying like the Rancor Keeper as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> taught me how to cry and guilt people i just like to point out that wicket of all the nugget from the archive subjects is the most nugget like in terms <laughs> nice. of physical he's a little nugget he's a, he's a cute he's little, a little nugget All right, well, I just hit record again. Uh, we are now joined by Trent and Corey Bailey, uh, who are... Uh, Trent's been on the show before, a long time ago, when we did that weird crossover episode where we named... We named the Gilmorean Guard Crunchy. I believe that Crunchy. That, that was the, the big moment of that. Um, but how, how's it going, Trent and Corey? It's going great. Uh, just uh, enjoying a nice, peaceful night watching baseball and hockey and uh, living the dream, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, and, and so basically we've just been spending the last 20 minutes uh, talking to Todd, uh, who has the most amazing Wicket run possible. I don't know if you've seen pictures of his pre-production run with the sculpt and the molds and the hard copies. And and, and Ron and, and Todd have just been laughing about focus collectors, and Steve and I have been valiantly sort of protecting them. And then when I saw the pictures of your collection, I'm like, this is just great. Like, having... You know the two different kind of sides of love for this one character and this one toy. Um, so we are. This is a interesting, an interesting juxtaposition. So, <laughs> like you know, you are, I think, the only person 
or you, both of you, are the only people I've ever heard like like the wicked people, right? Am I wrong about that, Ron? Steve, do you remember anyone like from the old days who was like the go-to wicked person? No, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, Todd comes close, but I don't think anyone's ever called him the wicked person. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, has anyone ever called you the wicked person? Uh, no, but yeah, I mostly have. It's just been a kind of a behind-the-scenes thing for me, right? But. Did you hear the disappointment in this and voice again, when to you be said clear, no? I'm not. <laughs> I don't think either Ron or I are uh, anti-collector or anti-character uh, collector. It's just that there is a certain breed of character collectors, and I don't think that you two are like this, right. but who who have the attitude of like, if it's my character, I gotta have it, you know, and everybody else better stand out of the way because. I'm Mr. Prune Phase kind of thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the big thing is we, we just collect it because it's fun and there's a lot of different options. You know, there's right. Wicked. There's, yeah, there's that's true. Things you can collect and it's just fun for us and it was a way for us to bond more as a couple, even. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. But, um, and it's kind of funny though because I'd say a good portion of the stuff in our cases actually came from Todd. So, right. Uh, <laughs> So he probably was the wicked person, just no one ever said it. <laughs> He's the everything person. Yeah. Just, if you want some oddball item, it's like, go oh, to a chamber and call him up on the phone and buy my oddball item. Well, well, Ron, you keep on saying that more people listen to the show than, than I think. So can you please, everyone, show that you listen to the show by walking up to Todd at the next celebration at the toy chamber and buy lots of toys from him and say, are you the wicked person? Because I <laughs> ask for some Sigma, ask for some Sigma ceramics. Yes. He's got, he's got those. You can don't ask for the boxes though. Cause he burned them in his backyard. the other day. <laughs> it is quite true. I have just burned a bunch of Sigma boxes. Really? Wow. <laughs> so, so then how, how do you come to be the wicked people, Corey and Trent? What's the, I mean, I'm fascinated by the idea of you collecting as a couple. Um, and, but like, how, how did, what was the genesis of this, uh, of this collection? Well, we actually met, uh, Corey, uh, probably was forbidden love if we could probably call it, but, uh, she was the assistant manager for the apartment complex I was living at at the time. Okay. Um, and she would, and she would see like packages come in all the time and she's the one that I had to check them out whenever I picked them up and 90% of them were going to be, you know, toys or collectibles of some kind. Um, and at some point she just we started having conversations about it and um we actually bonded over a non-star wars toy which we won't talk about but no no go ahead um, go ahead and talk about it. we've we've already talked a lot about uh, uh what, what was the non-star wars toy that you bonded over well it was a amigo uh spock tiny spock. yeah tiny spock well spock is okay i mean if you know if it's going to be star trek at least it has to be spock okay so so you yeah. bonded over spock i don't know how you bond over spock but well, it was Tiny Spock specifically because when, when she came over to the house or the apartment the first time, that's the first thing she saw, and she <laughs> immediately yelled and commented about that. I was like, okay, she's the one. <laughs> You're supposed to bond over Spock very unemotionally, so I guess <laughs> right, that's right. that rule. No, one of my friends and I went over to his apartment, and he was very reluctant to open the door and was just kind of weirded out about us being there. Because right on the other side of the door is his office, which had a fraction of the display that he has now. But it was still amazing. Star Wars, Ghostbusters, um, Planet of the Apes, everything. And a tiny little fraction of Star Trek. 
And so when I walked in, I just happened to look over and I was like, hey, I have that tiny spot in my apartment. Cool. And my friend's just staring at me like, what the heck are you talking about? So he was trying to hide his collection from you guys and you like just, you know, bust in and, and, you know, overrode that? I mean, it's not exactly typical. And my friend's like, you guys are dorks made in heaven. Have at it. And she left. Yeah, that, that was always the case before, so I didn't want to ruin my chances on the on the first uh, time coming over. But uh, yeah, I, I, I would it, I would criticize you, but um, my now wife, I made her wait like six months before she could see the museum, because when I first told her about it, she said I didn't know I was dating Eric Foreman. And I didn't know that she thought Eric Foreman was kind of hot. And so I was just like really hurt. And so it was this thing of like, you know, at some point I'm going to have to see the Chewbacca collection. And she's like the very supportive person. But like, yeah, no, it's it's a real thing. Like that kind of vulnerability to like. Yeah. Like yeah. I imagine you, Steve. I mean, the impression yeah. of uh, the women, the impression, my impression of the women who see my collection is usually like, what is this? Right. <laughs> Why don't you sell it? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, that's a one the thing. first time Star Wars came up in a conversation with my now wife uh, Jamie asked me something like oh do you like the Star Wars movies and, and my answer was oh yeah you know, I think they're cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah no it's it's funny I, I decided like when Tess and I were first dating like well this is kind of you know, if this doesn't work, that's not going to work. So, like, within, like, the first time we came up to visit up here, I just didn't say, I'm like, yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like, what are you, you know, what are you into? And I'm like, yeah, I'm on this podcast. And she's like, wait, what? And it's like, <laughs> by the time we got bought, got to the house, she already knew about the podcast. I just let her go check out the collection. And then I was just kind of waiting, scared. And then everything was fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's like. I didn't try to hide it. I'm like, well, this is it right off the bat. If this works, it works. If it doesn't, yeah, I've never, I've never tried to, to hide it. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there are – reactions vary. That's for, that's right. for sure. So getting yeah. like, a super positive reaction is a good one. Well, you, you got to mention yeah. the podcast first, Ron. you got to say, you know, I'm on this podcast an awful lot. And then – I think you know, it, like, we were talking about podcasts, I think. We were trying to listen to something. And I, I think she – I might have even, like, been on my phone, like, that – I, she just saw it. I'm like, what is that? I'm like, oh, ooh, that's uh... a. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, so no, so we funny. so we have the the tiny Spock bonding moment, which is which yes. is very nice, and that's. I mean, it's nice when anybody cares about your collection. It's not really even about gender or anything. I remember the first person who ever saw my collection was a weird Frenchman named Pierre, and we had and he saw the collection and he didn't say anything. And then during dinner, I said, "What do you think about it?" And he said in French. Oh, the planet des singes. Oh, c'est bon. He said, "Oh, the planet of the apes thing. Yeah, that's fine. Like that was what he said." <laughs> and and so you know, like you just like any reaction that isn't just, "Oh, yeah. you're a big nerd." So then, right. so how did this turn into a, a a wicked thing? Well, I mean, early on, she realized that Star Wars was the main focus of my, you know, nerd life, um, and through conversation it came up that you know she had read the the original storybooks and watched some of the cartoon she's a little bit older than i am by two years and so she was actually around for the cartoon um and so she um that kind of is how it sparked and you know for me when i first uh found star wars i was probably seven so this is like 95 um and at that point i'm still into you know cuddly and furry things like that so ewoks I, i actually liked them as a kid so 
it just kind of easily transitioned into her having a mutual uh, interest from Star Wars from the Wicked side or the Ewok side. And I'm like, oh, I like Ewoks too. So I, I think it just kind of naturally happened over the span of a couple of years. And uh, when I moved, when we moved back to Nashville, um, I started collecting a little bit more in depth in a way. And so um, natural thing is to focus on certain things at time, whether it be a loose run and carded or whatnot. And Wicked was always something that we would see either at toy shows locally or at, you know, big conventions. And there was always something cool there to get. So it just kind of naturally happened. But yeah, yeah, I think that's the big thing. Well, it's, it's funny because I was thinking about it and the only Star Wars item in our, in my bedroom is actually a Wicked item. It's one of the uh, Yogibo like plush things. Because, like, mm-hmm. that's the one thing that I know, you know, my wife is younger than me, but she was in uh, Serbia, so she had the cartoons growing up, too. So, like, she absolutely loves Wicket, and there is something about Wicket, and I think in particular, that is just a very, like, one of the most universal, maybe even, maybe only R2 comes close as sort of, like, universally sort of loved by everybody. Uh, but, I don't know, I actually, I mean, after this episode, Wicket's now officially my favorite character for everything. <laughs> it's just... <laughs> Well, there's so much of a foreign influence. I mean, there's so many items made for, you know, the Ewoks in general, whether it be in Europe or in, you know, South America. It just, it expanded more than even some of the main movie stuff, I'd say. Um, And even in some of the, you know, the European countries where some of the cartoons are more kind of mainstream. I know Donald Duck and things like that are more popular in Europe than they are here even. So it would make a little bit more sense for cartoon-based things to be a little bit more prominent over there so and actually speaking of serbia aren't there actually some really cool serbian like ewoks like uh comics and yeah, stuff out yeah yeah I, I have like maybe half of them and i've been sort of collecting them and that's part of the way i'm teaching myself serbian is by is by going through uh going through those things and yeah yeah it's funny steve and i have been we're trying to figure out about how to deal with these Ewoks. And so we've talked about it a couple times now, but the idea that we have, I don't know how familiar you are with the concept of a multiverse, Trent and Corey, but in, in our vision, Wicked exists in a multiverse where there's three different timelines. There's the movie, you know, there's like live action Wicked, there's preschool Wicked, and then there's cartoon Wicked. So I think we should probably have you back on again, all of you back on again for Cartoon Wicked. Um, yeah. Actually, looking at the collection now, it's there's a whole lot of stuff more from the cartoon-based, probably just because it's so much more available. But Right, um, right. Uh, in, in general, though, I think that was probably the thing, just kind of going and getting the different card backs, um, you know, Tri-Logo, Power of the Force, you know, that Anakin offer, Fett coin offer, just kind of going and doing all that was probably the big thing. And then you start slowly kind of adding in like random pieces like puzzles and coloring books. And um, those are the fun, easy things to get. Right. Yeah. And well, it's, it's just like anytime you're at a, a toy convention or anything, you can always find paper goods, it seems like. Right. And it's just nice to be able to pick a little something here and there and there and then have your big fur purchase. Now, as a, as a focus collector, I see the free coin offer. Do you also have the free coin offer on top of the Anakin offer? Uh, I, I've actually never seen one okay. of those. Because, I mean, that would just, for me, when I see your run, I'm like, oh, this is, oh, you know what you need, though? 
you need that double offer because the the coin <laughs> offer is beautiful because it just completely covers for, for my money the best coin offers are the ones that are the worst applied <laughs> and this yeah. is like it is it's like it's trying to do that thing you know where it's blacking them out on the back of the card back it's like you yeah. cannot look at wicked he's not here <laughs> like you will like boba fett you will want the coin yeah. <laughs> now I'm, i i i've sort of had this thing that I want to talk about sort of, I think having Todd and Ron here is interesting um, because recently there's been all this celebration talk, right? And there's this picture that was put up from Celebration 3 of Tom Derby's uh, booth at Celebration 3. And that included a lot of original photo art and the Boba Fett's and like the Anakin photo art. And, and it's amazing because it was the remnants of Tom Nyheisel's collection, uh, who we've talked about before on the show. And I just don't know if, if you two were aware that the original photo art for Wicket was sitting around forever. Like, I think it probably sold in 2007 or 2008. And like, it is one of my greatest collecting regrets because I saw that it was there um, are, are you aware, Trent and Corey, what it what it was up for sale for? Wasn't it like two thousand yes, dollars or something? It was two thousand dollars. Yeah. And yeah. I remember looking at it thinking, that's really cool. I like Wicked. There's no way that's not gonna go down in value. Oh well, that's a lot of money and I'm in grad school. Screw it. So I, I, I didn't get it. Um, but yeah, that's just whenever people want to talk about how crazy things were, like that that was just sitting there and and so for so Todd, like that wasn't tempting for you to, to add to your, your crazy run with the sculpt and everything? I mean, again, yeah, I passed on it at the time because to me it was like I appreciate it for what it is in the stage of things, mm -hmm. but $2,000 for something that just didn't – I didn't look at that and get super excited about it. Right. Yeah, there, was, there were other things. I, I bought some actually great pieces at that celebration. Uh, early concept artwork for the first twelve card back and things like oh, that. Oh yeah, that's but, right. Um, you know that those to me were much more. I mean, those are the pieces I really regret not buying. And I don't know where values would fall out now on that, but I'm still. I mean, card back photo art has skyrocketed in a way that has just been astonishing uh, to me. Because like you said, it, it kept on it, those lists would keep on going out and there were pieces that sold right away and then there were things that just sat there for year after year and um, I don't know to me I, I've always preferred the well, I like paper stuff a lot uh, right. but in terms of production in terms of production pieces production process pieces that I don't know I'm looking looking for something that looks more distinct and stands out. Yeah. Well, anyways, that, that's just, uh, I, every once in a while I like to kind of remember that. And I mean, Steve, right? Like, isn't, I mean, do you remember that? Were, were you, were, you were collecting I, back then too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that was, it was right around the time where I got the viewing pilot art. And I remember seeing Wicket still on the list and being kind of surprised um, that, 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 that being such a main character was still around. Um, and yeah, it, it's, I don't know, it, it's crazy. That that was, it was a huge stretch back then because you were in grad school. I was, I was a few years behind you, but yeah. yeah like, you were in kindergarten. Uh, <laughs> right, or, no. We were both at UCSB. Yeah. Just different, you know, yeah. 
different stages, but yeah, but yeah, no, it's it's just insane to to think about. Um, but well, at that point, would would the Ewoks even? I guess that's a, that proves the point that Ewoks really weren't that sought after necessarily. I mean, forever yeah. they were kind of seen almost like Jar Jar was for a long time. They were the you know kind of the C level character from Star Wars and wasn't as cared about in general. But it seems like that has totally flipped in the last ten years. Now there's I mean, there, obviously there's several Ewok collectors, but every character is seen as valuable in some capacity. But yeah. with Wicked being a, the primary Ewok, um, the, uh, yeah, it's a shock to me. And it, uh, but I, I was I wasn't in the game at that point, yeah. so I wouldn't have well, I wouldn't well, have I, a clue what that's like. I think more of what it was because the I think the rest of the Ewok photo art was also for sale, and I think most of it went. And you know, we've talked about this on the show before, but the the sort of common. The accepted idea was that if photo art wasn't heavily airbrushed, it wasn't interesting. So, like, I'm pretty sure that the the low gray went. And that was definitely my my take on it. Right. Yeah, if it didn't mm -hmm. show a significant kind of artistry to you know affecting it in some way, that it was less interesting. Right. So, so that's how like a low gray went before the wicket went, and I was just. Anyways, I don't. Do you do you know who ended up with that trend? Have you been like trying to track that down? No, because I it um, <laughs> I have no clue. I didn't even know that Todd had what he had, so that that was enlightening. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but um, no, I've the never. Vast, I don't think much. Oh, go on. Sorry. No, you're you're fine. Go ahead. I would just say, I don't think that much photo art sold at that celebration. I think most uh, yeah, of it so. sold shortly thereafter to somebody who bought a whole bunch of it in one fell swoop right i think i remember i remember tom taking a lot of those pieces home yeah yeah and i i think a lot of it sold in san diego as well because there was a lot of the the hand-drawn stuff and that sold and yeah that was about that card back art and we haven't even talked about the card back art yet on this episode steve <laughs> it's i know it's kind of crazy <laughs> it's sort of one of the least screwed up like card backs that Kenner made, you know, like there's nothing weird about it. It's not like a weird angle. It's not fuzzy, you know. It's just a a very straight on picture. It's kind of atmospheric, you know. Like he's kind of looking at you. Yeah, it's. I think it's some yeah, some of their best their best photo art. Well, they, yeah, they, and they went for like the one of the main kind of publicity photos for him, and they yeah, like you're saying, they just they knew that that worked, and and uh, they didn't stray too far. Um, yeah, it works just right, I think, for a card back. Looking at the rest of the line, it's like there's there's several figures that have those images that just automatically you know it. They use it for, you know, licensing for everything. Wicked's yeah. one of them. The Luke Farm Boys one, and then the Leia uh, Organa one. Right. You know, all of those like those are all classic images. Um, yeah. Some of the other ones, not so much. I mean, even like people like Lando and. Um, even some of the Hans are not just quintessential, but like those three really stand out. But the Wicket's one of them, and that photo is used on everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, and it was uh, okay. So let, let me let me look here too, because I'm kind of getting lost in your pictures. Between between like these two groups of pictures, Steve, we have seen so many <laughs> great items in here. Uh, one of the, one of the things I definitely like that is uh, maybe a little bit more up Todd's alley is the uh, is the costume set. Is that one of those yes. British Akamas uh, yep. costume sets? Did you buy that from Todd? No, that no. actually I bought that one and the Ben Cooper together. Um, huh. I don't remember who from, but 
it was it was weird like in the span of like two weeks we got all of the masks and costume sets basically um but that yeah the 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 photo on the front of that box is just hilarious it's like it's almost like a zombie ewok yeah right it looks it reminds he, me is of he Steve. armed with a lightsaber yeah he, he has a lightsaber on his or what it looks like either a, a dagger or a lightsaber or something on yeah. his yeah but, but it looks like young steve in his home movie playing the swinging ewok it's uh yeah so, so when steve was a kid he played an ewok in a movie that he made in his backyard and his name was swinger and uh this <laughs> this reminds me of the swinger ewok <laughs> Uh, there needs to be swag is... for that. <laughs> yes, thank you, Trent. That's uh, a great idea. We have we need to make Swinger. <laughs> like, hello, my name is Swinger. You know, like do you Swinger? That'd be a good a good thing for Steve. Yeah, it'd be a good like an Ewok rapper almost. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. And then you have a, a, yeah. a good number of uh, of two packs, and you happen to have one of my. Actually, no. It's so close to the best possible two pack. So, yeah. so you have a two-pack of Wicket with Leia Bush, which is just yeah. so close. Is there yep. – what, what are the other two packs that you've seen? Uh, I've seen the Akbar, um, I think a Gamorrean Guard, a um, couple of uh, ESB figures also. I, I, they're on the archive. I was actually looking at them the other day. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've never seen a, uh, a, a combat cape. Leia or Endor Leia. Right, Endor was, yeah. yeah. I guess maybe they just would have sold them, but that would have been, yeah. That that would have been a. Uh, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm just still, yeah. It's it's that's. There is a Han trench coat one out there. I know I've, I've yeah. seen that, and that's pretty cool. That's the closest one to anything Endor. I don't right. think I've, I haven't seen like a, a, a commando or uh, a trooper or any kind. So, um, like a biker scout would be really cool, also. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then the uh, the the trilogo art, Steve. What what do we want to say about the trilogo art versus the uh, versus the Kenner art? Because we, we like to I'm talk about to that. Do. It's just a little bit zoomed out. Is that right? I think that's that's essentially it. And the the color plate is different, right? It's it's more of a green color. Is that right? Yeah, it's like a lime green compared to the yellow. Yeah. And then even the uh, power of the force is more of like an orange than it is yellow too. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and then, so I'm trying to remember a couple of years back. So, so I have this weird thing where there was a period of time where I was okay. Everyone's gonna laugh. There was a period of time where I was kind of a snob, and <laughs> back then I, I I just had a hard time with the collectors that I associated with coming up during Facebook. And so I think it must have been you, Corey, who had this whole thing about collecting loose wickets. And for some reason, I didn't think that was cool back then. I don't know why that was. I don't know if I had some kind of, maybe it was like on the IC and I had some kind of bias against that or something. But I'm looking at the collection now, like that's a really cool collection. And so it's like, it's like a bucket of loose wickets. Is that right? Is that, that, that was you a couple years ago, right? It's, it's the wicket candy bowl. Okay. Right. And it started off, I was just like at a show and I'm like, Hey, wicket's great. This is convenient. Let me buy one. He was cheap. Yeah. At that time. Okay. <laughs> and every time we would go to a show or a comic book store or anywhere that had them, I just pick one up. And I always have like my purse wicket and I have one on my desk and everywhere else. And they just kind of kept coming and now I have a bunch of them. <laughs> well, it's, it's how many? Yes, good question. 
How many? Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't count them every day or <laughs> once a year. I, Do they reproduce? <laughs> like rabbits. Break <laughs> them after midnight. Yeah, don't, don't get water on them. <laughs> no, uh, the last time I did a quick rough count was over 400. Wow. 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 That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not cool. It's crazy. That's right, Ron. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, yeah. it's crazy and cool. Well, I'm 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 right there with you, Corey, because, you know, I I at one point had over 400 loose chewies. I now I give them away to anyone who comes to my house and doesn't break break the museum, so I don't have many left. You know, I only have a couple hundred left. But like army <laughs> building with non-army building figures is always awesome. It's never lame. I don't care. I understand that people think it's lame and you should do a stormtroopers, but you show me 400 wickets or 400 prune faces or 400 death death score commanders, whatever. Like it, there's just something beautiful in that repetition. Um, but but actually, Steve, you might appreciate this. We haven't talked about baseball at all, but I, I cleaned out my garage and I found my my old baseball card collection, and I did this thing where I got over a thousand. 1988 Pete Rose baseball cards and it's him when he was a player manager speaking of Cincinnati and he's like just sitting in the dugout looking like an asshole and it's just and I have them all in the nine card sheets and it's just page after page after page of the same Pete Rose baseball card this is like that scene in The Shining where uh, exactly. you know, she looks at Jack Nicholson's uh, typewriter there. That, that's exactly what I was And I remember going, to, that the, just going to... to the baseball card store, Hall's Nostalgia, in Arlington, Massachusetts, and I had a Greg Jeffries rookie. And at that point, Greg Jeffries was the hottest name in baseball. And I traded the, the Greg Jeffries baseball card for like 100 Pete Rose manager player baseball cards. <laughs> See that you you just created this to just completely confuse and confound someone <laughs> yeah. in the future. They're gonna come across this book of all these Pete Roses and just why? Who was this guy? Was this guy scandal? Is he? What is the, a child put this? In? I was like this is some kind of some kind of statement. I, I, I was eleven. You should get that psychedelic guy yeah. to take all of your Pete Roses and like mount all of Trenton Corey's. Wicked yes. and sell them as art. Yes, put a red mounted on to a Pete Rose. Right. There you go. Yeah. Oh. But well, I mean, I, I have a question. Yes. So, so Corey and Trent are at a show, and there's a some super rare, never before seen Wicked item that is priced at an ex insanely high price. It's, it's way too expensive. Which one of you tries to convince the other one to buy it? Mm. Couple collected. Uh, Sadly, there isn't much of a voice of reason in this couple. <laughs> we kind of no look at each other, and a lot of times we're like, you know, can we do this? Should we do this? Yes. Okay, let's do it. Well, it's always <laughs> like, it's always that voice in the back of your head, like, am I going to regret this tomorrow or a week from now or a year? Well, you from could sell eight hundred ninety-nine of the nine hundred wickets and probably pay for it. Yeah, I know. I, that, trust me, that's our retirement right there. Because <laughs> yeah, I sitting in that. Because I, I guess they keep going up, right? I mean, loose figures now are, are are like like what what does it cost now to get a loose, uh, complete wicket? I 
say it depends on where you're at. Uh, you can find them forty, forty-five dollars. Wow. Yeah, they've gone up crazy. What? Five to forty dollars. Yeah. Like if you and I have not like, been hey. following uh, Ewok prices. Well, I, I don't know if it's just because she's bought them all and it's changed the market, or if it's. Uh, <laughs> the other thing is, people are go crazy for weapons and accessories, and so people yeah. will just take the headdresses and sell them for ten bucks, and they'll take the spears sure. and sell them for twenty. So, you know, we actually prefer to find them completely naked with no spear because then they're like five bucks. Right. Right. Yeah, that, that, that's how I built my Chewy army. I'm like, bowcaster. I don't. Who cares about that? Like, you just that, that that actually. I don't think that looks that interesting. I don't think the accessories look interesting. I think the figures look more interesting, just like as natural as they can be. Uh, but I do know that Steve, speaking of money, has a market watch, and I do want to once again plug the thing that Ron plugged last time. Dave Quinn has a podcast where he talks about the the prices of modern. I mean, the, the current prices of vintage figures, loose vintage figures, and that's like very useful if you're trying to get the answer to all these things. Um, but I, I did see you sent recently a piece of... We should mention the name of his podcast so people can find it. I always it. forget. Is it Prototypes and Production or Production and... Pro Star Wars Prototypes and Production, I think. That sounds right. Yeah, prototypes yeah, that's it. Prototypes and Production. Prototypes and Production. You make it seem like I'm a jerk now, Ron. I'm trying to plug his podcast. <laughs> it's like Dave Quinn is a podcast. But meanwhile, people don't know who Dave Quinn is. They're like, what, what, what am well, I? Well, it's because it's SDQ. It, it's Sweet David Quinn. It's not just David. Sweet right. David Quinn. That's right. <laughs> okay, so so I also see that you have a piece of what looks to be like. I mean, I guess this isn't movie art, Steve. I don't care. I can't help it. It's like no, no, no. It's like a yeah. a math page. It's like yeah. So is this like original art from a activity book? What is this? Yeah, this Todd actually sold us this. Um, it's out of the Happy House who did a lot of those like activity books. Um, this one came out of a multiplication book for from Jedi, um, and they're just individual ink, uh, just pen ink, uh, original art for certain uh, Ewok pages, I guess, or characters. Um, there's a ton of different ones in the book. It's like the Ewoks are kind of like consistently throughout the book doing different wacky things. Right. Uh, but yeah. but um, the one of these that's super cool, um, the just the solo uh, figure or just a solo uh, character without not the one uh, cooking the fish, right. but they're just the solo one. That's like a full scale, but in the pa in the actual page, they actually sized it down to you know barely the size of an ink oh, mark. So wow. if you if you have the photo there, you can see where they actually go. The sizing in the top left corner, it says down to like nine sixteenths or something. Oh. I can't remember what it is off the top of the head, but they take that image and they shrink it down significantly so that you have like eight of them on a page. Right, and but, and this actually echoes pretty well what what uh, Todd was talking about earlier. So Corey, so if you want to look yeah. at some of the four hundred wickets that you have. If you look at the bottom of Wicket's feet, there isn't very much detail. But if you look at the sculpt that Todd has, then you can actually see that the sculptor put in like these little pads on on his feet, and this kind of detail is totally lost. And if we look at this drawing of 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 an Ewok, it looks like Wicket here, it's just amazingly well rendered and shadows and expressive, and then it's just reduced yeah. to this nothing, just this absolutely infinitesimally. Repeated image. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting, and um, we were just when we bought that, we were just trying to get one that was clearly a wicket 
specific kind of Ewok. And then when we actually finally were able to get the book, which wasn't actually the easiest part, uh, that was pretty difficult. Uh, But getting the book, we actually got to that page and like, wow, they took this and it went to nothing. It was this beautiful image and then they just shrink it down and put eight of them on a page or whatever. Um, But there's there's a bunch of cool uh, images throughout that book a couple where they're like doing like cartwheels and um there's a great one with um indoor leia um that uh actually would have been great for the last episode um yeah. just like pointing at like the chalkboard or something oh, wow. but um huh. yeah i'll see if i can get an image of that for you but uh it's uh yeah that's a cool piece um i think we got that what was it last year last year at uh in nashville todd is that right i think it was at the ic last year yeah yeah. Well, it's yeah, it's it's really nice. One thing is the the obsession that they had with the new century gothic font. <laughs> that was like the yep. the, the comic sans yep. of the vintage era, like you can always tell that. And this is good text. Help this help this Ewok find her way to the fish feast. And it's just two people eating fish over a fire. I wouldn't really call it a fish feast. If you told me we were going to a fish feast and it was just like two people eating little fishes, I wouldn't be too psyched. Um, I also see a picture here of, of you both with uh, Warwick Davis. So have you have you just like met him in this context, or have you explained your your love that you're the Ewok, you're the Wicked people? What you don't see in that in, that image is the back of her jersey, which says the Wicked Chick '83 for okay. the year Jedi came out. So yeah, like so we got into Chicago early, and we went over to the Cubs team store and had a custom one made. And it made sense for it to be the Cub Bears and then right. Wicked. Yeah, um, yeah. and being in Chicago just kind of a fun thing but uh yeah so like when we went up to him at his table we actually uh like she turned around and showed him that and he actually signed her image to the wicked chick it, it was just kind of cool but it was very cool oh that's awesome yeah yeah it's yeah we uh I think Steve were you with me when we had the random Warwick Davis sighting and celebration Orlando was it uh, at the was pool it where... no it wasn't at the pool it was, was it was at was the... it where they weren't weren't letting him in yeah they weren't letting him in and like they were like sir we need to see your badge and like he was on his scooter you know because he has some mobility issues and like he was the host of the main stage and it's like you don't have to i mean he's not harrison ford but he's about as recognizable as harrison ford like clearly this guy belongs on the inside and we were all trying to convince the security guard that he really was who he was yeah but that that was so bizarre yeah (laughs) Wow. That was awesome. Okay, that's the that's the cool thing about about uh, Warwick is he's he's one of the more fan friendly guys from or character or, uh, actors from the whole Star Wars franchise yeah. really, and even at Celebration, you know he he stays in the you know the hotels that are connected and he's really easy to go up to and talk to. He's just a cool dude. So, you know, it's really nice when the person you collect is also a pretty decent person too. Yeah. So I'm thinking that we started this off saying that we should call Todd the wicked person, but if Corey's the wicked chick, then maybe Trent should be the. I mean, are you the wicked dude? I mean, do, do you have a have a have a nom the wicked or? Uh, I, I've just left that up to Corey. I, okay. There's not really a good. Uh, there's not really a good. Mister Wicked. Mister Wicked Chick. Okay. That's right. Please. I like that. Please, can we have a Mister Wicked Chick swag? Can we please have that for the next one? All right. Can it be you in a bikini, Trent? Yeah, yes. that'll, that'll be fine. She she actually. Yeah, well, she she'll hate me for saying this, but she has the slave lady costume. I can just wear that. There you go. 
No, no, we, we want the, just, the, just the, the straight and we can check. All right, so Steve, you prepared a market watch for us. <laughs> I, I have. So I, I think, I mean, uh, this, is like the, this is like Caddyshack, you know? I mean, this is like, <laughs> I mean, having Todd and Ron on here is just, is just amazing because, you know, people who know about as much as you could possibly know about anything but probably haven't, you know, bought production items of this in a long time. And then you have... Corey and Trent, who probably are really up on the price of Wicked items right now, and then you have me, who's never had any idea. So this is going to be this is going to be pretty pretty wicked. I'm going to have to edit it so that it it comes across smoothly, but I'll be able to do it. So so no one no one be afraid of that. One dollar flicks. Market watch. Steve is going to describe an item, and we are going to guess what it's sold for. And whoever gets the closest wins the point. And if you win the point, nothing happens. Like, it doesn't matter if you win. Yeah. I, I like that we we've, we just forced Ron and, and Todd to participate. Usually they, <laughs> they, they're they out by now. So they're, they're, I think Ron's in for two in a row now. So he's, he's probably... Uh, didn't Ron win? I love it. Uh, yeah, but didn't uh, Ron I've been dreaming about this all day. Yes. After wait. his big win last time. Yeah, because he listens to Dave Quinn's podcast. The sweet Davey like Quinn's... It's this and the fantasy baseball, the two things I look forward to on this podcast. <laughs> uh, all right. So I've got got five things. Five things. Oh my recent, god! Okay. Recent recent eBay well, actually, sales. Actually, Todd would all... know because he sells this stuff. So Todd might actually have, <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't have think the about best it. Might, advantage. Some of this might be Todd's list. <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, I, I only sell. I mean, yeah, there's so much stuff out there that it may be a long time since I've handled anything in particular. Yeah. Like I said, I was I was blown away to hear forty dollars for a loose wicket. I, I can't remember the last time I had. A loose wicket to sell, and so I haven't been paying attention. Well, as it turns out, that's a a good uh, starting point to think about because the first thing I had was a it's a loose wicket that's graded uh, AFA 85. AFA 85. Okay, so a loose one. Loose. loose, Not you. Not you graded. Not not you. Just just standard. Because I think we should now AFA. officially declare that we are pro U grading. I think that's. I think now is the time to get on the <laughs> on the ground floor of the pro U grading movement. Okay. All right. I, I'm going to write down a number. I'm actually doing this on my phone now. That's how uh, sophisticated oh, wow. I am. And I wrote yeah, down my number. So, All right. so Steve, I, I think we should develop an order, and then we should just follow that order. So you just you say our name, and then we say the price that we think. Okay. I've I've got a little. Little sheet here. I'll, I'll I'll just go in order here. This is the way we'll do it. So Sky, you're first. One hundred twenty-three dollars and thirty-three cents. All right. Trent, what do you have? Um. One thirty-eight. Okay. Uh, all right. What about Corey? Uh, hundred dollars. Okay. And what about Ron? I was already kind of guessed what I was going to guess. I'm going to go over and say 170. Okay. And Todd? Uh, I'll go with 145. All right. Goes to Corey. 102.50. Wow. Whoa. 102. She should know. She's the one who's out there buying all these. Yeah, I know. That's that's why she's the wicked chick. 
<laughs> I prefer to buy them in person. Very rarely am I buying it anything on eBay. Yeah. Just something, yeah, about the 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 ritual of it. <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Well, that was All good. Right. So, so, so one point goes to. I mean, I guess one, we can have Ron, Ron and Todd can be one team, right? Like, like they 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 can be, you know, the team old timers. <laughs> And then, and then the Wicked Chick and Mr. Wicked Chick can be their team, and then, right, and then right. I'll be for us, Steve. I'll be for the Kitecast team. Okay. okay. All right, that that works. All right, um, all right. Up next, we've got a uh, tri logo carded Wicket. Uh, the bubble's a little mangled, okay. but um, other than that, it looks to be in pretty good shape. So, yeah, tri logo oh, carded Wicket. I have less than no idea. <clears throat> I know I want All one. Right, Sky. You know I, Sky, I, I own a card. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm, gonna, I'm just gonna say two hundred dollars. All right, Trent. Um. Uh, probably one fifty. Okay. What do you think, Corey? I was gonna go a little lower. One thirty-eight. Oh, just copying <laughs> me from last time. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> <clears throat> Okay, um, let's see, Ron? Uh, 98. All right. Um, Todd? 120. 120? All yeah. right. This goes to, to Team Wicked Chick again. Oh. 144.72. <laughs> really? That's all? You know, Steve, I'm going to start buying some Wicked figures. 100, 150 bucks to get me a tri-logo wicket. That's a nice-looking card. That's a cool character. You know, that's very inexpensive. Yeah. Well, it used yeah. to be like 75 bucks, though, so it kind of hurts. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, Ron, Ron what, what do you think you would have paid for a tri-logo uh, wicket back in uh, 1999? 99? Yeah. <laughs> $40? I don't know. Yeah. Like that. Wow, okay. Yeah, Okay, wow. Okay, so that's two for the for uh, Wicked Chick and, and Mr. Wicked Chick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Up next, uh, let's see. We got another carded figure. This is uh, Return of the Jedi seventy nine B. So this is the Anakin sticker offer. And what's kind of funny about this one, the Anakin sticker is placed directly over Wicked's head. So mm. it's just it's it's you see Wicked's body, but he's got the Anakin sticker over his face. Mm. Um, I wish so we other... bought this to go with the Fett coin offer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. That's that's a perfect pairing with that. Um, yeah. Otherwise, it's a, it's actually looks to be in really nice shape. The bubble's good, clear. Um, but yeah, the sticker placement is uh, is not too friendly to, to Wicked. <laughs> All right, Sky. Okay. Well, I am going to choose my price based on the name of the diner where I saw Juliet Landau in two thousand and two. <laughs> Okay. 101. <laughs> All right. Have you ever been to the 101 Diner, uh, Steve, in L.A.? No, I don't think it's, I ever it's have. Almost few. It's huh. good. It's, a couple movies were filmed there, too. It's a, it's a good diner. It's good to know. Yeah. Good to and know. I, I saw Drusilla from Buffy the Vampire Slayer there. So it's a big deal. <laughs> oh, Tessa will appreciate yes. that. All right. Um, all right, Trent, what do you have for, for this uh, unfortunate sticker placement? <laughs> um, how about 250 250. <laughs> it, it's earlier than the Tri Logo. Tri Logos are always beat up, so I'm thinking that's got to be heavier. No, 120. 120 for Corey. All right. Uh, okay, Ron, what do you got? 
115. Okay. Todd? Corey took my 120, so, but uh, <laughs> right. yeah, I'll go with I'll go with 114. 114. Dang, this is going to be a clean sweep here. <laughs> 177.50. These damn wicked chicks. Well, it was it was bigger than tra- better than yeah. Tra- oh, but right. yeah, yeah. Still, this is just unbelievable. You can really put together a good wicket run for not too much money. Yeah. Like a good what run. happens when you try to go up against the wicket people here? I, <laughs> I mean, Todd is the original wicket person. But he can't fight these new wicked tricks. Yeah, but he bought them when they were forty dollars, like Ron. <laughs> yeah, said. exactly. Right, right. Oh man! All right, so we've got two two things left. Okay. Um, we haven't talked about this next thing at all, oh, no. actually, throughout the show. Okay. So this is the the power of the force coin for wicket. So this isn't the cartoon version. This is the the movie wicket silver power of the force coin. Um, I don't know what there is else to say about it other than that. It's not graded or anything. It's just a loose coin. Okay, well, well let's talk about it. Let's take let's take a time yeah. to add some uh, okay. to add some content here. Some... So okay, so this is a a fairly common coin, right? Because they actually made the toy for which This is a produced figure. It's a right. produced figure, yeah. right? So uh, what does it say about Wicket on the coin? Do we do we have oh, that's the? A good usually those are those uh, are pretty funny. Yeah. So, okay. Here we go. Okay. You ready? Yes. It's, so his description is lovable furry inhabitant of Endor who befriended Princess Leia after her speedy bike was destroyed by biker scouts. So pretty basic yes. <laughs> plotting discussion there. Lovable furry inhabitant. That's pretty good. Yeah, that, that's that's good. I, yeah, you could even end it there. You know, actually, that's that's very that's pretty verbose for the back of a Kenner thing. Like lovable yeah, they, furry they inhabitant. Really... I mean, if, can you imagine being a five-year-old kid being like? <laughs> And have, I mean, it sounds more like a description of a, a modern-day collector than it does a yes. Ewok. Lovable furry. <laughs> Close to being a good description of Wilfred Brimley in that Ewok. <laughs> yes, oh, lovable furry inhabitant of Endor. That's, that's absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Rest in peace. All right. He's great in Black Panther. Yeah, yeah. All right, so the coin. Um, all right, so all right, I'm, all right. I got this. I mean, there's no way I don't have this. I got this. I'm I'm saying okay. forty three dollars and eight cents. Okay. Um, all right, Trent. What do you think? Uh, thirty dollars. Okay. Corey. Thirty one. Oh. 31. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ron. What do you think? Twenty three. Twenty three. And Todd. Fifty. Fifty. Whew. Guy just barely forty three oh eight. It was forty six. Oh my god! In your got face, it. wicked chicks! I got this. I am the new king the of wicked. Right. Okay, so that one counted for three, I mean, right? So now, saying, now like, we're the tied. Game was, game was technically over. No, no, no. That one counted for three. Now we're tied. Next one wins it. Here we go. That's yeah. Usual yeah shenanigans here um god no wonder you have all those pete rose cards man yes that's right <laughs> i gambled a lot of money that i was gonna win on this okay so did pete <laughs> yes <laughs> all right so up next uh let's see okay we've got this is uh, okay yeah it's related to what we were just talking about so this is a carded power of the force wicket um it's a little dinged up it's got a really strange discount sticker on it uh it's like a bright pink 75% off 
kind of partially torn sticker. This time though, it's it's not over Wicket's face. It's like right under his right under his face. You can see him, um, but it's not graded. It's uh, yeah. Wait, it's, so, so it's what, just kind of middle the of the road. What, what is, what's the nature of the discount? So it, you can't quite see the whole thing. It's it's kind of ripped up. But the what's left there. It just says 75% off. You don't see any other price or, or whatnot. So this wicket was was discounted quite heavily from, <laughs> I don't know. From $2? He's in the bargain bin. 75% yeah, off so. $2. I'm not good at math, but that's not a lot of money. And that's a good it's toy. Not much. How was wicket on, on discount? That doesn't, I mean, who doesn't want wicket? That must have been one of the best-selling toys, right? Why don't you just marry wicket? I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I am seriously... <laughs> <laughs> you should Stan, you haven't even heard the rest of their show Ron I seriously like Wicked is, uh, I just I love Wicked and based on how much this is I might just go I already have a Canadian carded Wicked because you know I what's funny is that is that uh, you know Corey and Trent collect Wicked like as a couple and I buy Ewoks in general for my kids and give them to them and they have a collection together I'm trying to have them have sort of a Lemcool situation you know, like maybe, you know, 20% less like flat brim hats, but still like collecting like together. And so that's the thing. They haven't seen it yet, but I have this like mint condition Canadian carded wicket that I'm going to give them probably for Christmas this year, but I might just keep it. I'm pretty sure that that came from me, Sky. I'm pretty sure that, that, yeah, yeah that's I right. think I, I think I sold that to you at the very first California club meeting. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yes. I'm. I'm glad that it's gonna go. It's it's going to where it belongs. Yes. That's that's <laughs> to, um, to the new. Right. If if I win this one, Steve, that means I, I officially <laughs> inherit the title of Wicket Check. So I'm. <laughs> right. I'm right. gonna get a Red Sox jersey. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Red Sox. <boo. laughs> okay. Uh, so. Uh, All right, Sky. PXF carding. Seventy-five percent off. Um, okay. I I I've been too high, but I'm just gonna continue to be too high. And I'm going to say one ninety-seven, ninety-nine. Okay. And what condition right, is the card in, other than the sticker? So it's so it's like the edges are a little dinged up, but the bubble's intact. It's slightly yellow. It looks like it's just kind of scuffed up. It's not thrashed, okay. but it's not not great. All right, Trent. What do you think? Uh, two twenty-five. All right. What do you think, Corey? Um, two thirty. Okay. No Cut through. <laughs> I just want to go higher than two. <laughs> right. All right, Ron. I'm going to guess four thousand two hundred and fifty-six, <laughs> which is the number of hits that Pete Rose had in his career. No, thank you. Very good. <laughs> the hit king. Uh, going out the right way. Um, all right, Todd. What do you think? <laughs> Uh, 2.01. Well, sorry, Sky, but the, the Wicked Chick takes it again. 2.39. I was, <laughs> I was hoping Todd could get it so that he could, like, get the four points to take the win and be the original right. Wicked dude. Yes. Well, he's the Wicked person. I was this close right. to being the Wicked Chick, but my dreams are dashed. I guess, Corey, you yeah. just get to, you get to hold on to the title for another year. All right. <laughs> Uh, well, good job, good job, everybody. Congrats! Wow, that, that's I mean, that, but still, I mean, I, I like to talk about that a lot with this, you know, this Jedi era stuff. Um, that's what for five hundred bucks was that all ended up being under five hundred bucks? 
it's a little more than that, but it, it yeah. Okay, because I, I I think there's a lot more to say. I think I think Steve, I've been dreading getting out of the Kenner movie figures and getting into droids yeah. and Ewoks. But the more <laughs> time goes on, the more I realize, especially looking at Corey and Trent's collection and thinking about yeah. you know all the stuff in Jared's collection and 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 James's collection, you know that there really is. It's going to be amazing when we actually get to that. I know it's it's a whole whole universe as we've been saying. Yeah, <laughs> a multiverse. This way into a George Dussat episode, man. People are going to be riveted. Yeah. Just riveted. Just talk about George. It's not too late if someone wants to be uh, the George chick. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Get on the ground floor, yeah. Trent. The Dussat dude. Yes. There you go. That's it. Uh, awesome. I've already, I already collect too many bad characters as it is so yeah. well this is this is really great um i i just got a a text from uh the, the co-host of the show that he has to put his daughter down to go to bed soon and he he's too afraid to say it to everybody so i'm going i'm going to end this interview now because uh, i i care i care about my uh my my friends it's you steve i'm talking about you uh, yeah yes. no. it's just it's like a professional courtesy yeah, professional courtesy no. not to blow up your spot in front of everybody uh, but no, this, this has been a lot of fun. We've talked about a lot of really yeah. cool items. You don't hate, only the unloved hate. The unloved and the unnatural. Yeah. yeah. But, but you had some unloved items. So why don't you talk to me about some unloved wicked items, Steve? All right. This... this... The way I think I approached this was, yeah, like trying to find weird stuff that was really more his movie image that I hadn't seen before. So I just picked a handful of things. And the first couple are these greeting cards from Australia. Yes. And uh, they both the first one has a wicked image that it's like, you know, most most tri logo things. They'll take a weird image instead of the one that's mainly used. I feel like this would have been the tri-logo image for Wicket, but they just stuck with the, the regular one. But yeah. it's this odd image of him in the forest. and He's, uh, the he's coming out of the forest. He looks like he could either be coming out of the cornfield in Field of Dreams, or yes. he yeah, could yeah, be yeah. like leaving a rest area after a like anonymous sexual encounter. Like he, <laughs> he has this look on his face like, whoa, what have I been up to? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> It's a very bizarre. It's like it's a Citizen Kane shot. It's like shot on the ground. He's looking kind of heroic, yeah, yeah. and he's walking out. He's like kind of tilted. And what does the text say, Steve? <laughs> the text says, "You are my favorite human being." <laughs> what a great line! That's so romantic. I love that. It's you are so my great. Favorite human... I mean, that's how I feel about my wife. You know, you're my favorite human being. It's a sweet thing to say. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and it's got and the uh, U in the... there, so you know it's from the Commonwealth. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then to, to pair off of that, there's a second one. Um, and this one, this one, this image, it's him and R2. And this, this kind of thing you'll see in a lot of places. Not quite this framing of it, but this, this scene you see a lot. So it's him interacting with R2-D2. And the caption for this one is, Ours is a strange and wonderful relationship with two ex- exclamation points. Wow. <laughs> it's so, just, so maybe uh, that's... I love that. Maybe that's where Wicket was coming out of the forest from. <laughs> see, they, they, you know, I wonder... They they could be interrelated in some way. Because <laughs> they're they, I mean they're really implying that that's what this is about. Yeah yeah no, it's I I don't know there's just something great about this. Well, um, I I do feel like it's 
I mean, Steve and I have been talking, like, we could just be recording just all the time. Like, why do we do anything other than record this podcast, Steve? This is, like, as much fun as I've had recording the show in a long time. This is just great. But what if we get Duncan on here to talk about these Australian Hallmark cards? (laughs) Yeah, no, there's, I'm sure there's other gems in this run. Um, But yeah, with with the Wicked ones, um, I just, I saw those, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's right up, right up the alley here. Yeah. and then just a couple more. Um, there's some great uh, stationary stuff. Speaking of Duncan, um, there uh, it, fe- it features Wicket from his movie likeness, but he's a bit chubbier. It's like this really interestingly painted scene of him, R2, and 3PO in his little Ewok throne, kind of just hanging out on a on a bridge in the Ewok village. So this particular like image is, or this framing, or this composition, I don't remember seeing anywhere else. Um, and this is uh, it, it's replicated on a few different things from um, from Stuart Hall uh, from '83. Huh. So there's like a, a notebook, a folder. Uh, I just like how how kind of oddly painted it is. It's not it's just odd to me. But um, I don't know if there's much more to say about it beyond that. But um, yeah, if you're into weird, wicked stuff, I, I'd be curious if if this particular rendition shows up somewhere else. Yeah. It, it's yeah that that's definitely a good duncan question yeah um, wow and then the last thing that you have here is a beanbag chair <laughs> yes. which i've definitely never seen it's an oddly photorealistic depiction yeah of that, that i would love to I... see the original art of this yeah it must yeah. be kind of unsettling um it has to be yeah so this this is from a uh, facebook the return of the jedi facebook group uh scott haddow's collection um and yeah, it's it's the movie version of Wicket, but you, <laughs> I don't know, it's it's slightly unsettling. I don't know if I was a young child and I came up to this thing. I don't know if I'd necessarily right away want to just sit there. <laughs> yeah, just jump jump right into his lap. And, and what yeah. I love, Steve, is that you actually put in here in your show notes outro <laughs> time to sink into that beanbag and call it a night. <laughs> I just yeah, like the I idea mean, of you sitting there typing and and you know I I know that uh, that that. Uh, so, so do you call her Ellie most of the time or Eleanor? Uh, I think it's it's fifty yeah. fifty. Um, it depends. I, I like both. So I will I say, both. Ron said that he loved the that Ron loves the fantasy baseball. I don't pay attention to fantasy baseball anymore, Steve. Oh, I, I, I haven't. Looked I don't at do anything. I don't like believe me. in baseball in the era of COVID. <laughs> I seriously don't pay attention. I don't change my lineups. I don't do anything, and I'm still, still beating. I'm still me. beating you, Steve. Yeah, I auto-drafted, and I don't <laughs> add players, and I have injured players on my team. I am playing as bad as I can, and I still can't lose you to still, you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, my, it's my superpower. It I is. cannot. <laughs> All right, well, well, it sounds like you need to get Ellie to bed. So uh, how about we say Wampa Wampa? Adios. 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 Adios.